The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show as we conclude for now our Scream series and the travel and uh, traveling to the Big Apple with me for this adventure. Uh, not really like just a f- metaphorical Big Apple. Uh, Jessica Allsman. Hello. I don't know what that was. That's I, my Big Apple <laughs> scream. Hello. Like, I thought I thought it was like slightly Australian too. I, like, that was I, I, I could just right. say hi. Hey. <laughs> all right. Uh do you best ghost face Greg Magoon? <laughs> I don't know how to top that hello, Jessica. I so. really weird. So <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Hey, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Top of the morning. What's the favorite? All right. Uh, so t- so today we are here to talk about Scream Six, presented by Coors. Yeah. Stab stab uh, the Rockies. <laughs> um, up top, this conversation is going to be all sorts of spoiler-centric about Scream. Uh, it came out a weekend plus, what, four days ago when this is dropping. It's been out. Go see it. I don't listen to things if I haven't seen it, so I'm like, I'm never like worried about the spoiler warning, but I know people do. So if you're one of those people, it's like, I'm going to listen to these folks chat about this new movie and then make my decision as to whether to go see it in the theater or not. Don't don't pick this. Don't pick this. Come back to this. Because, I mean, I know there are some hot opinions on this one. You won't want to miss them. You won't believe number four. Well, not that we have bullet points. But, spoiler warning, this is it. This is done. I'm now going to play the trailer for Scream 6. So you have even more time to turn this off and not accidentally hit 30 seconds button. So we're going to talk Scream 6. He followed us here. So what are we doing now? This isn't like any other ghost face. It's for you. Hello, Gail. Scream, only in theaters March 10th. Directed by Matt Bettinelli Open, Tyler Gillette, known as Radio Silence. Written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick on characters by Kevin Williamson. Starring Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Dermot Maroney. <coughs> A credit as main cast, Roger Jackson. Uh, Jack Champion. Josh Segarra, Liana Liberato, Devin Nakoda, Tony Revaloria, Henry Zerny, his mission should he choose to accept it. Uh, Samara Weaving, Skeet Ulrich is back uh, with Hayden Panettiere and Courtney Cox. Uh, this one, of course, follows uh, Sam, 
her sister and the Meeks twins to New York where they've moved after the last movie and are being stalked once again by uh, Ghostface in the Big Apple. Who's doing to this th- to them and why? I don't know, but old pals uh, Gail Weathers and the long-awaited return of Kirby, now an FBI agent, are there to help them solve the case. So... Uh, we've been excited for this one, and it's finally here. We've seen it. I've seen it twice. Greg's seen it twice. Jessica once. Only once. But that once was with me, so it's great, right? It was, it was wonderful. The big one. Like I, I had try not one. to talk. There's sometimes I want to be like, "Hey, did you?" And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Just it was weird because save it. Greg's like, "Are we allowed to talk about this?" Like I know you and Jessica see it together. I'm like, "We'll probably chat a little bit." Jessica say things. She's like, "Did you notice this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So like, or I didn't notice this, and she's like, "Okay." And that was like it. I'm like, oh, "Okay." She didn't want to talk about the movie yet. She's saving it a little bit. So the main thing I did bring up was like, "Wow, that movie was sponsored by Coors because there's a lot of Coors Light and there Coors is. Beer featured Coors Edge." The first time we see, is. yeah, first time we see Cute Boy. He's carrying a Coors. The bodega, uh, the bodega place is decked out in Coors. Like there's there's the the glass on the the freezer or the cooler is Coors. Uh the can that she picks up off the ground to distract Ghostface is Coors. Like it is all I'm sure the subway had some Coors. I'm sure that college it. party had quite the Coors cases. <laughs> Would you like me to get you a cup of beer from the Coors keg? <laughs> So Her yeah, like, whatever. So I can get smash faced. So you know, in like movies, when they generically order a beer, in this one, it's a Coors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we saw it in 3D. Greg, you also saw it the first time in 3D. Apparently, I saw both in 3D. I didn't think the second time I was seeing it in 3D, oh. and then they had the glasses, and I said, "Okay, I guess I'm seeing it in 3D again." <laughs> so, um, what did you guys think of the I didn't 3D? Notice. Didn't notice. I. No, I didn't really. The second time, I really didn't notice an impact on it because I specifically like paid attention to the scenes that you had mentioned, where you um, mm-hmm. like the 3D of the 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 ladder scene and the alley, um, like the ladder scene, and a couple other moments. Uh-huh. It didn't really. I didn't notice much of a difference um, with the 3D the second time. I think the first time maybe I noticed it. Second time, I was like, "Why am I wearing glasses?" Um, <laughs> Well, so for, for, first time I mentioned, I was like the alley scene at the beginning, mm-hmm. the the window crawling scene, and Got then a there's a shot off the back of like Sam as she goes to head off the the stage. Whenever she's like, "Why did everybody disappear? Why did we split up inside the theater when we're supposed that thing?" Uh, there's a big shot of her, but then when I saw it the second time, it was not in 3D. I'm like, "Oh, just good cinematography from these guys." That's <laughs> it. It was. It didn't matter. Um, thought it might have, but there's some little added depth, but nothing you're not already getting from just a well-shot movie. Exactly. Um, so Jessica and I had a fun uh, experience with our theater late at night where I entered and I went to, there was nobody there to like at this ticket scanning place. I was like, huh? And I went over the front counter. I'm like, uh, is there, he's like, is there like no one back there? I'm like, no. It's cool. You can just go. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, all right. And then I'm walking. I'm like, wait, it's 3D. I'm like, so I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, um, it's in 3D. Do you have gla-? He's like, so like around the, the podium, like under it, there's like a tub and there you just grab some, there's some glasses in there and you grab them. I'm like, 
Uh, all right. And then like I got the podium, there's like a sign that was like a back and five sign type thing or like oh it was like go to the front to have your thing scanned. And then I'm like realized I'm like, "Wait, I get like rewards and stuff for scanning." <laughs> so so I go, "Hey, I went back like, I'm really sorry, but like can I get my thing scanned because I don't think it recognizes I went to the movie if I don't scan it." He's like, "Oh yeah, sorry. Uh okay." And then this is also a theater I told Jessica I went to one time and the guy was literally pirating Red Sparrow right next to me. <laughs> like he had a thing up. Uh, there was like a little light coming off of it. And I told the kid, I was like, hey, they're pirating the movies. Like they're what? I'm like, they're pirating the movie right next to me. Because I didn't want to get kicked out by association with this guy. He's the seat right next to me. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he, he's he got a camera. He's like, uh-huh. I was like, he's streaming the movie from his seat to people or something. He's like, oh, I got to check it out. And I came, the kid walked up to the front, looked, and then walked out. Nothing happened. And I just asked the guy, could you just turn the light off on that thing for me? Because it's bugging the corner of my eye. But yeah. Gosh. And then you had you had fun when you got in there, Jessica, did they? Yeah, I did. They... It was fun. Just a nice little line for the concessions. But mm-hmm. hey, when we went to scan our tickets in, it's like, all right, I don't have to talk to anybody. So <laughs> grab these glasses and go. But the sign was like, go to the concession stands. Like, nope, I was already there. I'm not going saying. back. I will not yeah. go back. And then everyone that was approaching the podium, though, I think Donnie was like, what theater are we at? I was like, just follow the crowd. We're the only ones here. Right. Just, it was really weird. But once gotcha. all the folks going to watch the movie, I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like we ran that theater. That yeah. Night, if that yeah. makes sense. Because everyone was very respectful of the movie going experience. Right. Unlike the actual movie theater. Well, it was lots of groups of friends like meeting up. There was one like in the lobby I saw that when, like in front of us, we had like a group of people that were all like, oh, we're at scream time. It's like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Like Did you notice group. if it was different generations? I didn't really pay attention. It seemed to like older people, I think. Like my age older or they might have been I don't in our in our ten year wheelhouse. Okay. From your age to my age and beyond. Because I didn't that? notice any new generations, like new screen fans that might have just yeah. watched it last year for the first time or something like yeah. that. Hmm. They looked like all the OGs. Right. Well. well I went uh well, I went Sunday again, it was like less crowded theater but i went to the the imagine theater so we had a theater greg that was an imax theater and then closed during covid and has been reopened as imagine with their emax theater but but i hadn't been there yet i just figured it was the same thing just redone no have you been there jessica i went in they had like a piano with somebody playing it in the lobby um it was they have a really well put together concession thing where you go up you start talking to people who hand you stuff and then you get to a register i got popcorn and they said real or fake butter and they filled the popcorn like way over the thing and then when i was walking in the guy's like hey uh, you got your ticket i'm like oh yeah i got a here's my credit card he's like what do you mean he's like oh he's just like i just wanted to help you out tell you it's down there i'm like you don't oh need to scan gosh. anything i'm people like oh they're working and helping and yeah and then I get in the screen. It's it's where the IMAX used to be, but it's not an IMAX screen. It's an actual like 240, 16 by 9 screen, which is what a theater should be, which would close in from the sides when it's in 185. That's rare nowadays, especially AMC, which closes on, which just does the opposite, which you're not supposed to do. But that's the age we live in. And not only reclining seats, heated seats with what two heat heck? settings. Two heat settings and an instructional video on how to use it before the movie starts. Um, oh my gosh! And it's just 
it was the most pleasant experience. I'm like, whoa, this place, and they've they've redone some like it's got classic movie posters, like nicely framed and stuff all around. But it's like it's the same building, just a lot better done, real clean feeling night, and like that theater screen. I'm like, we're going to Shazam this weekend, and I'm like, told my wife, I'm like, oh, we're going to this. We're gonna go. I'm gonna show you this. You're gonna like this because fancy. Yeah, it was really nice. And there's space, like, so when you put your recliner up, like, people can walk in front of you still. So, I was really impressed with that one. And Dolby yeah. Atmos sound, so. Nice. Yeah. Your theater nice, Greg? Yeah, I went to a standard AMC. It was great. So. Um, what was really funny is I got there about, like, 20 minutes before the movie started. Mm-hmm. It was entirely empty. Oh, the theater was empty. wow. But it, but it was a sold out movie, so I'm like, are we in the right one? Like, what is happening right now? Why are we the first ones in the theater? And like, sure enough, before the movie started, like right before the movie started, it was completely full. But I just was shocked that no one was in there, and I was like, this is kind of creepy. Like, I actually went outside after five minutes to go. Let me just double check that this is the right showing of it. Yeah. I just had no idea. But it but it filled up. But yeah, it was just a standard. AMC with the reclining chairs. Okay, they don't recline backwards, really. They just, like, leg rest up. Which oh, so you were in the Atmos a- Theater. So some of them, so their their Atmos Theater, well, they that will just, that has a different chair than their other theaters. So they have ones that recline back and up like this, but the, I've noticed in the Atmos Theater, it just kind of, like, angles you a little bit and then yeah. puts the leg right So that's the Atmos, yeah. Atmos seats is that. It's, I don't know why they're different, but that's that's how they go with that one. And I still don't know the difference between like there's real 3D, laser 3D, something else, and like all the variations. I yeah. saw it in laser twice. So yeah, that's it. But it was good. Uh, the second time it was mm, like maybe nine people in the theater. Um, yeah, this movie so made like 44 million over, like it blew the expectations. Really? Like it, it was, yep. it was thought it might hit 50, but it wound up with like 44. But uh, 37, I believe, was the projected opening weekend, and it blew past it. It's the highest-grossing opening weekend for a Scream movie. Um, Scream 3 had the record before that. That's how crazy it is. So, wow. um, But that's really good. Um, um, we'll talk about the future at the end of this. But, I wonder um, if it's because people don't want to be spoiled with who the killer is. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the weekend. little revive, reset... If you will. Yeah. But I mean, the marketing was so brilliant on this movie that I mean, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you go see it, you just like failed a part of pop culture history. <laughs> and it was it's well liked. I mean, it had good reviews and early buzz was good from people who saw it. Critic reviews were positive and audience scores been even more positive. So it's looking good. Like this is the I believe the third. If you go by the Rotten Tomatoes, it's the third highest rated scream movie. Uh, of them, and then uh, the audience scores high, but that'll change when streaming happens, of course. Like the last one where people liked it, and then the people who stayed at home and just were on their phones or you know not getting that surrender to the movie experience will. And because people told them it was good, they'll go in wanting to tell them it wasn't. So there's always that. Yeah, you always get that. But um, first, impre- like first early impressions of this movie. Um, I liked it quite a bit, and then I saw it a second time, and I still liked it quite a bit. Um, pretty high on this one. Um, I think overall, I'm pretty much about 
I like it about the same as the last one, about even. I think it it has some cracks there that I, I've thought about, but I, they don't really bother me. But I think it does some things better than the last one. Um, but I think the last one's kind of a smoother sailing. This one takes chances where the other one kind of, you know, it's got that Woodsboro, got that original Scream thing to kind of float by. This one's going into new uh, new setting, a little bit more ambitious with things. I, I don't know, but I, I was really happy with it. Uh, Jessica, how about you? No, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like that they took it to New York City because it did... There's like a lot more opportunity versus like, oh, we still have to dance around Woodsboro and uh, worry about where Sydney and yada, yada, yada. And they handled that scenario very well. And it's like, this is the one time Sydney didn't show up, which we all know why. But at the same time, it makes sense. Why would she literally fly across the country to go be around? I'm just going to stand here, so guys. They're like, I told Sydney, <laughs> yeah, great. Stay over there with uh, Patrick Dempsey or whatever with yeah. Mark, uh, on the West Coast. But it was a lot of fun. I liked all the kills, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the gore and the what they were showing. And the whole opening scene was fun and we still will, a twist. We will, yeah, we will get to that. So, yes. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Greg? Um, uh, now that I've seen it twice, I definitely like it more than five um, as a whole. With that being said, um, five was more consistent i think for me because i think the stuff that i didn't like in six now that i've seen it twice i really didn't like but the stuff i loved in six i like put it in some of my top of all scream stuff yeah so like it's not like my favorite scream right now but it has some of my favorite moments but it also has some stuff that are my least in the franchise so i'm but it kind of now falls in the middle for me of all the screams gotcha gotcha um let's let's talk about the opening of the movie and then uh i want to talk about like let's go with like talk about like characters and then like kills and subsequences but the opening of this movie is really nifty um you get samara weaving who is a i wonder how many people uh idiots went to this thinking margot robbie was in a scream movie this weekend because that's the Funny thing about that, but then uh, that the funny thing is, it came full circle at Babylon where they had them face to face with each other in a funny scene that kind of commented oh, yeah. on that. Um, but um, so Samara Weaving is here in the opening, which I'm, I don't know why I was like, Oh, yeah, duh, like when she first when the movie started and she gets the call, I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, shit. she's gonna be like the opening kill in this, like because I remember yeah. she's in it, and then I'm like, I don't know why I didn't even just go to that, but. Um, the opening like has her, you know, being this slasher professor and gets lured out thinking it's a date into the alley where she gets killed. And then the unmasking of a ghost face in the opening who goes back to his apartment and sees, you see a collection and he gets, he ends up getting murdered as a opening kill duel thing, which played upon my idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if a killer got killed in the opening and we had to find the rest of them? almost there so thanks radio silence if you listen to any of the podcasts or things i wrote about scream five last year because i know you could tell with this movie they saw feedback or saw people's theories saw stuff and they toyed with it here there's a lot of toying with fan ideas and stuff like i'm like i love these guys because they have stuff just like like there's a thing with like Gale where they're like you'd have made a great killer Gale or I'm like oh wow that's 
That's crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, he gets killed in this opening thing, and I want to point out, you know what I told you guys I like is when the Scream opening sequence is a nod to a past slasher movie. This one is mm-hmm. Friday the 13th Part 2, because in that movie... Alice is wandering around her apartment. She talks on the phone with somebody and then she goes to her fridge and opens it and Jason's mom's head's in it and she gets stabbed with an ice pick in the head and dies. And this one, they have Friday the 13th. Jason takes Manhattan because they have to acknowledge it somewhere there in there. And then he finds his friend, his head and the rest of his body in the fridge and they get stabbed and killed. And then later in the movie, Mindy mentions Friday the 13th part two is her favorite. So I'm like, that's intentional check. Thank you. Radio <laughs> silence for that. But would you guys, the opening did throw you for a loop when he took the mask off and it kept going. And I then Tara, we Tara the was there. Time. I was like, I was like, we're going to have ghost face. We know the entire time. That's actually mm-hmm. what I thought uh, until, mm-hmm. you know, he gets his phone call and then you're like, oh, okay. But for someone that's trying to be like a killer, wouldn't didn't why didn't he catch on sooner that like this was still a setup? But well, he almost caught on when he asked about like asked the, the, the caller um, how long they've known each other, uh-huh. and then the caller got it correct because he was like, "Wait a sec, how long is it that we've known each other?" And there was like that slight pause, and then he was like, eight years. We met in middle school," and he's like, "Okay," um, <laughs> but it was. I mean, I knew she was going to be the first death. That I predicted before, like, just based on the trailer and the the posters. I knew she was dying first. So when I saw her sitting at the desk, I was like, well, that was obvious. Um, when she got stabbed and he was, like, over her body and did that final swipe, which I'm still confused on where that stab would have gone because he, like, step, 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 stab really aggressively in the thing. The final one looked like he was going to slit her neck or at least the motion of it was, but you don't see where it lands. And then it like pulls back and she doesn't have a slit neck or like a slash across her body. It's more just like punctured. So I was kind of confused on where that final swing was. Well, I, um, think, that it, got I, think, I think it's meant as a fake out. Like you think the title's going to come on. So I think yes. it's a, more cinematic than it is realistic. Cause I think they wanted you to think the title would come. Exactly. Well, that's the point is you're waiting for like the Mm -hmm. slash to do it. But instead of the title sequence, you got the blood splatter across his mask. Mm -hmm. That's when the actual blood went across his mask. And then he like looked at her and took it off. Thought that was genius. Thought that was believable. Lived in New York for nine years. So that could easily happen if you're in an alley. Um, And that to me is more logical than... um, Sarah Michelle Geller's alley death and I know what you did last summer. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, I believe this one a little bit more than that one, unfortunately, um, which was nice. Um, I thought the pacing of, I don't know. I, I thought the second half was good. I thought it was a, like a long opening. Oh, yeah. um, so I feel like could have, I feel like it could have been kicked up a notch i think the first time watching it i was so like what's happening second time i'm like all right let's get to the point now um so that's my thing is it doesn't the opening doesn't hold up as much on a second watch as it did on the first for me at least gotcha i um i i it was funny because i was like when i saw him like oh crap um and then you had all that argento stuff that you were all asking me about because of that nothing just that he was an Ar- Argento freak as a student. Um, but and then there's a myriad of like posters and stuff in his apartment that you like yeah. want to pause and be like, what is that? What is that? What is that? 
Um, but I, there is, the first clue to the motive is in there um, when he said, who gives a fuck about movies? And I was like, yep, just let me you know. Line. This is not going to be anything about movies with the motive in the end. Um, which I, I've noticed with like these Scream movies with the motives and stuff, I'm always like, I can make guesses as to who's doing stuff, but I'm like, I'm never like, on. I'm never like, this is why they're doing it. Except maybe Scream 3, it's like, well, there's some relative or something or whatever. But like, it's like, okay, why is Ghostface doing it this time? I could never pull that out of my ass or like piece together stuff. It's when I go back through them, I'm like, okay, okay, there they go. But like, it's always like I could figure people, but I can't figure why the people would be doing it. True. I'm still just bitter that they had a character named Greg who didn't even get to be a character in the movie. (laughs) <laughs> they killed Greg before he Greg ever was... got a dick. <laughs> That's a, yeah, it was Greg. Greg never got, yeah, it's funny because like, you could say there's five ghost faces in this movie, but like Greg didn't get his chance. There's like four and a pledge, I guess, because he, you know, one yeah. went through initiate. We saw the initiation night and then Greg, or Greg never got to initiate. Greg was already beheaded at the beginning, which is kind of funny that later on when she's doing the whole speech about mm-hmm. beheading and then they're a joke at the very end with the mannequins but actually and i didn't even think about that until like the second watch i was like oh you open the movie with a beheading but you don't see the beheading but technically the first kill is greg yeah so greg is the very first kill in the movie um and then um samara weaving's character wait is her name laura in the movie or whatever um then her and then Jason. So Greg is officially the first kill of Scream 5. It just, unfortunately, we don't get to see his brutal, brutal beheading right. on camera. So, stuff, damn it. I got a great death. <laughs> I know. Greg got a great death, and you didn't even get to see it. I need I mean, unreleased. At, le- at least you weren't the Frankie guy at the party. Oh, at least, yeah. At least that wasn't Greg. That um, is true. I don't want to be that douche. So. Um, getting cased in the balls. Um, great scene, though. Anyway. Um, so our, our returning characters now called the core four, um, as they as they were. What do we? How do we feel about uh, them in this second outing? Did anybody improve? Deep? Did anybody oh, yeah. go down? What do you say? Okay, Greg, you lead us off with this. A hundred percent, they are. They, these characters finally got fleshed out. Um, they're no longer carbon copies. I will say, Chad hated the party, um, or at least I hated his initial interaction with Ethan. I was like, are they making Chad gay? Like, <laughs> I didn't, well, didn't know what was happening with his first character because he was like, they're such a snack. Like, I was like, wait a second. There's like Chad move away and like, like now find a boyfriend. Like I thought that's kind of the dress. Well, he's shirtless with a cowboy hat. It's with a cowboy hat and like, oh yeah, yeah. It's like, and his friend's like, I don't know. It's like, is he, is he bringing his friend out of the closet? Is that what he's doing here? Like, what is he? Yeah, there was there was some weird and it, I mean, it was like good for Chad if he did it. So then when like Chad and um, Tara had their little interrupted moment at the beginning after the party, I actually audibly groaned in the theater. Mm. I was like, oh, no, because I was <laughs> really going to now push these two together. OK, but as it progressed, Chad actually became more endearing, more likable. The whole core four thing. Not going to lie. That's probably something I would have done if there was four of us. I would have probably nicknamed it. It's so, so stupid. Like, it works like that's the. It really, it's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it felt like a very, like, Big Brother TV show type of thing, being like, our alliance is the core four, and they're like, shh, <laughs> like, keep it together, like, don't tell people. Like, it kind of had that, but again, that's something I would do, so it gave me more insight into Chad. I bet he probably does watch Big Brother. Um, so, and again, I thought initially I was going to hate the idea of Chad and Tara getting together. I didn't by the end. Um, Mindy was more fleshed out and more likable, and I just like her overall attitude about just kind of being able to carry on with life the way she is and the new girlfriend I liked. I thought she was sweet and endearing and I liked the protectiveness. So yeah, I think the core four really nailed it. Um, 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 Sam definitely like they gave her depth and I love the vilification of a hero that this movie did. So Sam mm-hmm. now is one of the like ultimate final girls for me. Um, very different than like Nev Campbell, which is great, um, but also badass and has a real struggle. Not only is she had her life threatened and terrorized, but now personally, she is a villain in her own her like heroicness. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And that is I mean, I don't know how she's functioning as a human. So much respect to her and Tara impressive that she's recovered as well as she has after what she went through a year ago um but i believe her as an angsty teen so every all four of them fully believable in college and otherwise all right jessica your thoughts on the core four well what's funny at my work we have a core four and i refer to them as the core four all the time so when they're doing this i'm like boo i (laughs) now when i say it people are gonna think i'm taking off a scream six and this is stupid uh, but besides that, it worked, even though for some reason I was offended for like the other originals. But I get it. They're the core four that survived, blah, 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 blah. And they're all bonding because of what they've been through. Uh, but I just love all their relationships together. Mm-hmm. I love they stay together. I love that Sam is like that overprotective sister, no matter what Tara says, because Tara's not dealing with the stuff that she should be. And I love that Sam's trying to get help in therapy and therapists can't help her because they're like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is too much. We don't want to be like, you know. Which is kind of a bummer. So she's like, hey, man, something's wrong. and It's not me. Like, there's other stuff going on. But I do have these tendencies. Like, you know, uh, I kind of enjoyed it. They're, I just don't understand why they would write her off, I guess. But she is yeah. honest. She's very yeah. honest about her feelings. Um, I don't think she's putting anything on, like faking anything or exaggerating. She's literally trying to do the right thing. I feel like the entire time throughout the movie, uh, I like that she's got that hot boy next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yep. is nice, um, you know, which I don't know how you just secretly have a relationship with other people not knowing, but easily really... nobody's at his apartment. Yeah, honestly, it is easy. easy. That I'll give you. Um, and, okay, that, school, that, so. um, that did confuse me a lot in the movie, especially the second time. She did actually kill somebody in the first movie. I mm-hmm. mean, Richie deserved to die because, you know, self-defense, all that. Um but a therapist, like, she would have still had to deal with, like, police stuff. She would have, I mean, like, there would have be a record of it, even if she didn't, like, get in trouble for it right. or whatever. She would have, point of point, um, she would have had a point, uh, a court-appointed therapist or something of the sort that would have had her backstory in it. So yeah. for this guy to be so confused or for her to have gone through so many therapists, I don't understand how a therapist could have been so naive to her backstory or being shocked that she killed somebody because well, they should kinda, have. Already- 
that. He's kind of an asshole at first. Like, he doesn't believe oh, what he, she's saying. Boy. Like, he's like, uh-huh, okay. Like, she's like, oh, you want me to open up? And then she starts to open up, and she's like, my boyfriend, was my father's a killer. He's like, uh-huh, okay, okay. And it takes him a while before he's like, oh, she's not full of shit. Like, Did she stab Richie 22 times? Was that it? Shot uh, him in the head, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, so I just, I feel like the therapist, like she wouldn't just have a run of the mill therapist. I think she would be in some form of court appointed program to help her cope and deal with it where she has a very thorough back. And then all the previous therapists would have probably gotten information from the other ones. And just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it just, that to me, his his reaction and his shock about needing to report it was bizarre. But then she like up and left. And then he was just like, oh, well. But then later on in the movie, um, right before the therapist is murdered, or right after the therapist is murdered, they talk about how, he reported her to the police. The therapist did report her to the police, but there was still no repercussions or we didn't see Mm -hmm. the result of that action. I thought that was a little bizarre to me just because she is such a public figure now after that event. Why is therapy so confusing? Because I mean, known murderers on trial who like own their actions have therapists and deal yeah. with it. So, like, why can't this poor girl who watched right. people die in her, who self-defense, like, reacted to it, has struggling with a therapist or who's scared of her or... Yeah, yeah, that that kind of. I mean, I I honestly was really happy when the therapist died because well, it's I thought just a, it was- it's a it's a plot mechanism to give us depth as to he had to report her. They had a feisty confrontation, and that needs to matter later. I guess. And then he yeah. dies. So that's that's really. I mean, it's plot. He's more plot centric than he is anything else. Than has to do. Agreed. With, you know, he's not really fleshed out. So as the internet he's turns just a on her, therapist. though, like you know how everyone's starting to go after her, like she supposedly did all the killings mm-hmm. and framed Richie. Wouldn't mm-hmm. the police try to help her or set her up with something safety wise? Or are they just like, yeah, good luck out there. Nah. Uh, if there was if there was a a serious threat i mean she's not uh, thing with sam is she's not on like she's trying to lay low she's not on a circuit she's not doing books she's not a big high profile figure she's just a survivor of a horrific event like and from what i can tell sam doesn't want to do interviews sam doesn't want to go she doesn't want to she doesn't want to uh exploit her story so easier for others to tell her story which is part of probably why she's here to begin with i guess i don't yeah. know Man, um, how crazy the internet is yes like that's the most believable but thing in this movie. it is it is uh, <laughs> yeah um i like i let's get i'm with you guys the core four rules i liked them in the last movie i like them here it's odd that it's it's two pairs of siblings when you think about it <laughs> like it's, it's oh, there. right it's it's weird and i i love i think one of the things that scream now has that the the, the first four doesn't that other slashers don't is this sibling relationship between Sam and Tara that kind of fuels it. Like I care about their personal relationship as much as I do them escaping a killer. Like it's really, it's really messed. And Sam's a great, like I liked her in the last one. I liked her even more in this one. She's such a unique final girl. She uh, Barrera like plays this, like I'm fine, but I have this weird genetic thing. Like, like flaw like that's tough to do what she's doing in this especially in a high intensity movie she could want to rely on certain other aspects she is like brilliant i know 
everybody loves Jenna Ortega, but I think it's getting overlooked how good Melissa Barrera is. Yeah, in agreed. This, in both of these, like she's fantastic. Um, yep. Macy Gooding's fun. Uh, Mindy, uh, Jasmine, uh, she's she's good. They're uh, she's a good Randy. Um, with she's a Randy with depth to it. Like yep. this is a Randy that can stick around for more movies. Um, and Mason Gooding, as I pointed out, like he's Dewey. That's what he's become. And I even yep. noticed during the franchise chat scene where she's giving the speech, he's taking notes like Dewey was in Scream <laughs> 3. And, I saw that. Too. And then he has the relationship with Jenna Ortega. And towards the end, when I'm like, I was like, when they were taking Kirby to the, the ambulance, like, he's going to be alive. They're going to yell, there's another one because he just got stabbed like Dewey. I'm like, oh, it started coming to me. And there he was. He came out. Yep. So I'm like, there's your new Gale and Dewey. Um, but Ortega's not quite Gale. She's not quite Gale. She's kind of, they're at odds with each other, Sam and Tara, which Gale and Sydney would be in at odds, yeah. but in a, in a much different way. Um, that doesn't feel like Gale is a character consistently backtracking, especially in this movie, um, herself, uh, every time we, except for scream four, that's the only movie where Gail has not taken three steps back at the start of it from where we were the previous movie, thinking things were going off in a more happier direction. Um, but yeah, I like them. Uh, yeah. Macy Gooding. I'm glad they, they kind of, like he's evolved very well from the last one being yeah. like the jock guy to like a guy that he's kind of given up on that jock tendencies. Cause he's been beaten before, but he only, he reserves them for special situations. Which like I as a like. protector, as a protector, yeah, as a protector, yeah. like, yeah. um, but yeah, they're they're very, um, this is a very good group, um, that yeah, that's it, the magic that they were right to. We can move on from Sydney and stuff. I think these are strong enough, and they are uh, proven with another movie. Uh, legacy characters we get in this one. We get Gale. We get Kirby. Um, Gale. Uh, man. Uh. <laughs> They kind of. I love her in this, and I believe everything that I believe yeah. it, and I, and I'll stand by their decision for Gail to go backtrack. Um, yeah, I think Jenna Ortega's line was brilliant, or was it Sam's line, um, where they were like um, about the book, and yeah. like somebody's going to profit off of it, and I'm like, that is a Gail thing to say. Honestly, she lost the love of her life with Dewey after that, like last time, and then she probably was lonely back in New York felt irrelevant didn't know what to do she was like you know what i'm gonna jump on this book before i can't like she's heartbroken well, lost yeah I well, here's it. the thing i i know a lot of people probably are complaining about like a huge backtracking but here's the thing gail doesn't live in woodsboro she's probably only in woodsboro till the funeral's over it goes back to her life yep. and then her readjust she's probably had this boyfriend before she went back to woodsboro for scream five yep. i'm gonna guess and yep. that's fine. And she just seems really cautious around all the kids and people. And this was a really interesting way. And she gets a badass fight scene, which yep. I wonder if they filmed that two ways. And then decided, all right, let's leave the line about her having to pulse in. Because that was it's kind of like, oh, she's, okay, well, this is a good you know, way to go out. But then, like, we have a light pulse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was weird that her her man friend or her boyfriend, who looked pretty jacked, yeah, got just destroyed so quickly. And then again, how she's been, you know, throat slit, 
Like Boom. they didn't get like body slammed first or picked up and thrown. It's just like and then taken out, or was it just a sneak up behind and they took oh, him out? Sneak up behind. Sneak up behind. Slit, and then she threw him through a wall. How did Quinn throw him through that thing? Was it Quinn? Quinn is Spicy. tiny. It was her. That okay. man went big. I'll give you the. I'll give Scream Six this. I can tell you who did every single kill in this movie. Like it's clear as day. Unlike the other ones. Oh, I couldn't. Agreed. We'll, we'll get this to that. Time. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Agreed. Um, um, but yeah, but Quinn did that one, which means she threw this hulking of a like hulking man through the thing, and or that pushed, ain't easy. or pushed, pushed. Well, he was dead weight <laughs> at that point. Yeah, like even to prop him up, like she's not that big. When like, you put I, on I, the I, mask, you get powers. It when is you weird. Put on the mask, you get way. powers. Her hair was down again. When your bangs get in the way, things just oh, it's super annoying. But I hate when people are just so oh. functional with their hair down and a freaking mask on. Uh, so what, don't she even get into Gail's apartment? That there's certain things that I still kind of wonder about. But anyway, we'll get to all that. But yeah, I I loved Courtney Cox and what she did, and and even Kirby coming back. She was well utilized and had a thing, and like that fake out was. There was that one shot towards the end that I was like, no, they didn't. Where I, they were setting it up for you to think that Kirby was the killer, Here's and the they thing. did that. Really Look, here's here's the thing yeah. with Kirby. Loved seeing Hayden Panettiere back. I like her. Some of that spark she had in Scream Four is gone, but I think you could kind of tell she hadn't been in something for a while, which incidentally played to the benefit of the film because when he said she hasn't been with the FBI for, I'm like, okay, okay, that makes sense now because she's kind of, uh, <laughs> but it was just kind of she hadn't been in a movie in a while. But her Felt reaction, rusty, a little rusty. Her reaction to seeing Jill's shirt in the shrine, though, oh, was yeah. beautiful. Oh, and the she, knife. Yeah. Like, like she can act and nail all that. But again, like, I feel like every character that was there, at least every legacy character and all, like, the main returning cast, everybody was utilized to properly propel the story right. forward. Mm-hmm. Like, Gail found the shrine, and that wasn't absurd because she's an investigative reporter. She did some digging. It bit her character. Kirby being FBI, she could go to New York and like contribute to an investigation right. if she felt like it. Like everybody I felt like had a purpose in this movie, well, unlike other movies where yeah. I, I love when Durbot Roy is like, I was supposed to lead you guys to this and find it, but Gail Weathers found it for what she did. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so these new characters, let's move on to the, the new batch. And I got to say, I'm going to start with Ethan, who's the oh. the weird kid in the murder party costume, who I'm going to nickname the actor Jack Box Office Champion because holy sh- he was Spider in Avatar. I had no fucking clue. He's aged really... because they shot that movie like five years ago. But he's the spider kid, the, the human kid with the mask on the whole time in Avatar, yep. whose dad is the blue, uh, or his yep. dad's the uh, the uh, uh, Stephen Lang from the first one. I was like, holy shit. Okay, that's why he's a somebody. But Ethan, um, yeah, Murder Party. Nice shout out there to Jeremy Saunier's first film with his costume at the the party. Um yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, man, he's that guy who's supposed to be, you're it, you're it, you're it, you're it, you are it, you are it. Like, I kind of had a feeling like Mindy was so mad she didn't call the killers in the last one that they were going to, but she kind of did call a killer in the last one. She had Amber pegged 
in the last movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he him winding up. Um, I think that just the wildness of the reveals and not knowing how they went together for me was weird. But like, yeah, he's um, he's really wild when he's a killer. He is. I hated him. He is. Whoa. I hated him. Hated him the second time. It just that that second time watching, my hatred grew even stronger. You, I, I, you, you are you are not a champion of Jack. I'm not a champion. I I mean I'll, I I I don't know if it's if it's his acting or the way the character was written, but I just it, it just. I mean, by the end of the movie, I was like, well, he's obviously the killer, but like, who else? I didn't really like, I didn't know who else, but I just, I knew he was because it was even just after so... the subway. Yeah. Oh, okay. The subway's supposed to make did. you go, oh, it's not him. I didn't know. Oh, no, I did well, a while, but there's, I don't know. I just, I just hated the way he was written and he was just, he was so naive and dumb and the way he just kept like randomly showing up and then like, what a heaven alibi. Like, I was just like, what is happening? Like, just, <laughs> well, they keep him around too. They force him around because they're like, keep an eye on you. Right. Which is good. But I mean, so it was like funny. It just was, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't, I, his whole like meek, like, oh, I'm so like, am I a part of the friend group? Like, shut up. Like, you're sitting with all of them. Like, no <laughs> shit. Like, it just made me annoyed. Like, why say something like that? Or like, even like his naivete to like, when um, the phone call rings and even um, and Mindy's girlfriend even reacts and she's the one being like, get up to speed, mister, like, dude, whatever. Like, it just like he's so he's so naive, but in an ineffective way throughout this whole movie, it kind of bothers me. Like, I feel like if you're a part of that friend group or trying to infiltrate, you would make more of an effort to know all these little details rather than just play dumb the whole time. So it just was like, why are they friends with this dumbass? I felt like, like he was a new addition. Like he was coming out with them for the first times. I felt like he was, but he was the roommate. New. So Chad's known him for a while. So but maybe or at Chad least- hadn't brought him out ever or something i don't know i i figured he was relatively yeah. new to, or they'd ever know. bring him out much so i don't know i didn't care jessica did you champion jack uh i thought it was like adorably socially awkward for like a hot second and then by the i think the third time they keep calling him out like where were you and he's like well i had an alibi a hundred yeah. people were in that econ class and i go well they're not going to check with that they don't have time to go and check so well good for you you get to make that up i guess um, well, you took econ but, last year. But then I saw the subway and I was like, ooh, he seems actually worried when she gets stabbed. So I didn't think he was until the end. And they're like, oh, yeah. Okay. And everyone's like, well, we all knew it was you. <laughs> yeah. What but about- Mindy was very funny. But like, I, like, he's like, oh, she called it. She called yeah. us from the very beginning. He called her and <laughs> Quinn, his sister. And I called, dude, I knew when Quinn died and they didn't take a body out. Yeah. Like, I go, mm-mm, mm-mm. Huh? That's when I was like, the sex positive. Even the crying you know, father? He wasn't that. He would have been devastated not being able to go out and like hunt this guy down. I didn't believe it at all. That was the only thing. Uh. I was like, there's something fishy with the police. Like, I didn't know he was going to be a killer, but I did not believe for a second that she was dead. Well... My big red flag was, I'm sorry. I lived in New York. I lived in a New York apartment. 
How in, okay, you're telling me she is sitting on the phone. This dude is behind her when um when Danny, the cute boy across the street, mm-hmm. is, like, trying to flag it. And, like, she does not notice or, like, react or, like, have any suspicion that there is a man behind her. Like, I'm sorry. I, I was, like, some, just that whole moment felt off to me where I'm, like, mm, Well, they have, attached, she- they have attached bathrooms. The bathroom goes out so, that, like, they can sneak through. Yeah, but even so, like the door was shut. He opened the door. Like she, if she had headphones in or something, mm-hmm. I would give it to you it's, a little bit more. It's movie something sense. It's not. Li- it, you know, it's not. Yeah, makes movie sense, but real life. But, but headphones, headphones would have saved that for me. Mm-hmm. It would have been a little bit more because, like, I'm not even joking. I paid attention the second time. Like her phone was literally like this far from her ear too. She wasn't right. even like resting it. It was well, far away. Her yeah. her boy toy was dead in the bathroom, so it could have been like, oh, she thought it was him walking behind her. So, mm-hmm. in in the sense that she's not the killer, how could that happen? There was a dead body of the guy she was doing yeah. stuff with in the bathroom. But, oh, so but how did he to... die? Because she that looked him. kind of brutal. She probably no, killed her bro- him. or her brother. Well, she, that's well, she, yeah. Well, it, there yeah. had to have been. Um, yeah, because Ethan wasn't it, but yeah, they, well, one of the two of them Ethan, did it. Ethan well, is the killer in in the apartment scene because she was probably actually having sex with that guy, and then her brother was in the same room, and then he had to come out and kill uh, him. Yeah, Sorry. so cool. Ethan's the killer because Dermot Maroney is at the uh, apartment scene. Uh, well, he's at another crime scene or something. Or no, he's asking. Or no, wait, he's not. He's clearly not the killer in that scene. I know they call and talk yeah. to him, and he's somewhere else at that point. Yeah. So it's it's clearly Ethan in the apartment scene. Agree. Well, yeah. It, but it just the whole point of me saying is is not like who did what. It's just there is no way that she would be on the phone the way she was and unaware of her surroundings mm-hmm. that much for me to not be like mm-hmm. something weird is going on here. I'm not saying it's bad in the movie. I enjoyed all of it, but there were so many things being like this does not work. And there's a reason because she was the killer. So it was yeah. all a fake out. So like the more you watch it, the more you see going like, there is no way this girl is not aware that there is somebody chilling behind her. There's no way that she's not even glancing out of that window. Or if you sent somebody behind you, you're still on the phone being like, Oh, I'm on like, turn your head and be like, I'm on the phone. Like you would do something, whether it's the guy or you would just be like, okay, if you hear the door open, why wouldn't the guy just like get back into bed? Why would he just be standing there? I think it would be weird. I would have been like, Oh, you're back in here. Are you just going to stand there? I just, all those things made me go. Something isn't right. Well, just the way. If you're cute, boy, why didn't you throw something at the window? Like a cool- That's what I also said. I also was like, why aren't you throwing something mm-hmm. at the window? I was very ladder. confused by that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, very wait. confused. So so when her dad shows up, like, why would NYPD would not let a police officer go into a scene and find his daughter either? You know what I mean? So if she was fake killed, how did he get in to go check out the scene? And if there was anyone else from the police department there... Because Why wouldn't they notice the body unless he kept them on? No one else showed up, but there I mean, were sirens. He was not- first on the scene, which means scene. maybe he got there before it was like reported as who or because his children just did the murder and the fake out murder. Yeah. He could have showed up as a police and did that before the rest of the police came being like, mm-hmm. I got a call. My daughter like yeah. is dead. Right. Uh, that that didn't bother me as much. It just it was just 
the logistics of like, yeah, why did Cute Boy not throw something at the window? And it, it I was <laughs> yeah. yelling at him the second time at the screen too, being like, throw something. Like you had the foresight to like um, bring a ladder to bring them across, but you didn't have like, you know, the day before or like you didn't have the 20 minutes earlier to throw something at the window before right. shit went down. Yeah, it let's talk. So, hmm? I'm sorry. What was her name? The roommate, the girl, Quinn. 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 So when she talks about how she's like, yeah, my dad's been really overprotective ever since my brother died. Yep. I wow. didn't think it was going to be uh, uh, Jack Quaid's character. No. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, is it going to be like Stu? I was like hoping it'd be like a Stu or something like that from the originals. But I was like, hmm. <sighs> why it's too way that? too. She's way too young for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I don't know. I was um, like, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I I liked when she was ghost at the end when she had her teeth knocked out and she was walking yeah. on the stairs and drugged the knife on the. I was like, man, you are creepy as hell. That, <laughs> yep. Like she's just like hey, the bloody mouth and stuff. I was like, okay. I mean, you guys are just. Well, a, like she her. she was kind of like obsessed with like throwing curse words, like shut your whore mouth, mama. But she was doing that stuff. But I'm like, when you were just quiet and grinning with your bloody mouth, you were very effective. Um. But they, they I like also, her character. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I did like her character. Even when she before we knew she was a killer or anything, I thought yeah. she was funny and believable and right. I'd like you. So yeah. Yeah. Um also, yeah, so in the apartment scene, uh they, they knock off uh Mindy's girlfriend. Um, oh. and that poor girl. So she's not in you know, we get her at the party, we get her in the franchise scene, and we get her in a couple apartment scenes. And this this girl gets one of the spectacle deaths of the movie is she gets not only stabbed but the knife turned around inside of her and then when they're doing the crawl between cute boy's apartment and theirs she is thrown off and on her way down from falling headlands on a trash bin and dead like whoa just that it was emotional all timer yeah that's a good sequence I got the the second time seeing it, I actually felt more pain for her death um, because like I knew it was coming, but I was like, she's really likable. Like I really liked mm-hmm. her and, and they just brutally killed her and she's strong for her to even attempt to climb that ladder after that knife went in her and was mm-hmm. turning and like the close-ups and all that for her even to attempt that i'd be like just kill me now finish me off i'm good <laughs> yeah. i'm jumping from the window like i wouldn't even try yeah so the thing the thing they do that's good is they they these new characters who aren't even some of them aren't even around that long they give them enough to do to remember them well like because uh, she is given the role of Tara at the party for being the one to first be like, okay, let's go home. Time to go home here. Let's go. Like they give her that rather than just being along Mindy's side during it. Um, they give her some stuff to say during the apartment scene about like the news and stuff. And um, she's the one, if she, they, she asks a question, it's either funny or they answer it for her as opposed to Ethan. They're like, shut the fuck up, dude. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. she asks the same type of stuff. But they, it's cute when she does it. But what Ethan does is they're like, shut up. Go away, dude. Um, yeah. But one of the most brutal deaths in any Scream movie. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Short-lived. But yeah, even Quinn. Like, Quinn's not there very long until the end. And you 
very clearly, it's not like when she pulls off the ghost face mask at the end, you're like, who was that? You know exactly who she was because they managed to give you some funny scenes. They gave you some dramatic scenes. She's got some heart-to-heart moments before she's off. So either you're also, oh, man, when she's off, and oh, shit, when she comes back as a killer. So there's there's her. Um, and cute boy who bring him back for Scream 7. I'm, I'm oh, gonna, I hope so. Uh, I'm so happy they finally gave like a nice, helpful boyfriend who actually doesn't like argue with the person he's dating and being like, "Okay, you're going through a hard time. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to walk away from this because you're telling me to, and that's what I need was to like, do." Trust nobody, not even me. I'm like, oh shit. And then, <laughs> and and then, like you know, at the end when she's like, "You're not words, bro. You gotta go." He's like, "Okay." I was like, oh shit. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, man, he is just way too going with the flow. Like he's too cut and no, he was genuine. Was that yeah. covered in the franchise rules that were laid out that if you expect it to be the boyfriend, it's not gonna be the boyfriend? No, it's always the boyfriend. That's one of them. Is it's always okay. the boyfriend. Um and um yeah, someone close or who hasn't been around for a while. Um but he yeah, he shows up, they have that he's funny. Like, mm-hmm. like when he's like, "Core, what now?" They're like, "It's not you." Just get, get, get your, yeah. Um, but he's just caring. Like when you watch it the second time, you're like, "Man, this is a good guy." Like he cares. Yeah. Like he doesn't give a shit that Melissa Barrera, like that Sam, is just like on the news and stuff. He actually cares about her well being. He asked her the questions. He asked her are like, "I care about you with this stuff," yeah. not you know, celebrity stuff. And he drinks Coors. <laughs> We know he's he's a good guy because he drinks Coors. That's right. But um, yeah, no, he's got some good. He's got some funny stuff. Um, Did you ever suspect him? Somewhat. He's just he's got a look. I, they they cast him on purpose because he's got a kind of a like sinister look just to him. Like yeah. he's. But the funny thing is, like he's on She Hulk and he's funny. Um, on that he's pretty funny too. But it's kind of a he's got a got a guy that you judge the book by its cover with his looks. Yeah. But he's actually a pretty funny, and he plays a genuine good guy on both these things, uh, where he's a lawyer that's not an asshole, and you know. And he's in the other two, the HBO show, the other two. Okay. And he plays kind of a bumbling, kind of good guy, doofusy type of person on that. So I mean, like he has a type that he plays, but in this movie, they played up his kind of creepy factor in yeah. looks wise, but. Um, but no, he was genuinely not, and they could, they do like subtly hint that he could be a, um, could be a suspect because they go like, you just keep popping. Like, did you just show up or like, were you already here? So, (laughs) well, um, my uh, boyfriend lives on 96th street or works right by 96th street where Gail is. Yeah. So my old neighborhood i miss yeah. that area dude you keep popping up like yeah i think it's um chad says that yeah he's like you keep and, and and when uh they kick him out of the group to go to the theater and jenna ortega goes like nice move good one and then at the end she's like okay cute boy that was good so mm-hmm. um yeah cute boy uh yeah he can he's a welcome return if he wants to um and then, of course, I believe our last new character is Detective Bailey, by Der- played by Dermot Maroney. Of course, it's me. Um, <laughs> which 
I'll we'll go to this killer reveal. So I'll tell you how I felt during this finale. So I'm like, I'm still here. Like, why are these people doing this? Cool as hell. They had two ghost face cleaning off the knives after they stabbed the yeah. shit out of Chad, which, you know, Greg points out, like, people can get stabbed like that. No one can die. I'm like, well, that's the modern way of stabbing Dewey in the back in, in the second scream, you know? Um, it's like to make people, you know, if you just stab someone once, like, yeah, they're probably not dead. So, um, so they go, they enter it, and then when the Dermot Maroney calls, and then that movie comes on, the thing, and it's just like cheap shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, this isn't like Robert Rodriguez's Stab, which also noted Robert Rodriguez directed Stab 3. Um, that is, uh, there's the Scream Store thing that opened up that we were talking about, Greg, the experience. They had yeah. a Stab 3 poster directed by Robert Rodriguez. So he finished it what? after Roman Bridger did not do it. So Uh-oh. there's this weird thing, which ends up being a fan film. But I'm like confused as hell. Like, what is this stupid thing on here? Like, why? And then they reveal themselves. Like, why are they doing this? It's Richie's family from the first one. It's his dad and his siblings. And I was just like, oh shit. And I like, I for some reason, and I love this. It's so tied to the one they made last time. Not just, it's not tied to like the Scream franchise as a whole, like they try to do every time. It's tied directly to the killer from the last time. And I was like, okay. And then it was Richie's fan films. And I felt like horrified seeing it. I was like, oh my God, it's creepy now. Um, but I thought Maroney was fine. I thought he he knew he was good when he needed to be this solid dramatic actor. Wasn't afraid to ham it up or camp it up either. Um, I was a fan of his performance here. Um, what did you guys think of Dermot? The ultimate orchestrator of everyone's doom. Go with Jessica. I, liked it. I just feel like it's really weird, uh, weird family dynamic that they all bonded and got into this. So I'm, the whole time I'm just at the end, I guess I'm trying to figure out were they all like this and really hardcore into fixing movies, or are they just is this just a hardcore revenge thing for uh, Richie? So then I got yeah. really confused with that um, and maybe overthinking that. But he. <sighs> I believed he was actually a good cop for most of the movie, but then things would happen. Like when he's like, you go check on Kirby. And I'm like, don't you throw Kirby under the bus. She's fine. She's fine. Uh, which then it's like, did the, did she leave the FBI or did he make that up? Like he made that up. He made so, that up. This was, his, it was his last thing. He was hoping she like, would die before anyone found that out. Uh, which is, um, but still, I which, don't know. I enjoyed him. Like, I, I think the one thing that t- got me was, like, I think I buy his anger because it wasn't just seeing his son dead. Like, she murdered the shit out of his son, and they're Happy playing son. off they're playing off him seeing that. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, they tried to arrest him or something. Or, oh, no, they stabbed the shit out of him, slit his throat, and shot him in the head. Like, it's almost a mockery of, you know, that thing. So, Greg, Dermot. Um, I liked him. I, I was the one thing that I knew had to be a thing was when the trailer came out and they showed the showed the shrine. I said, this has to be done by a cop. There is no way that this shrine and this evidence can be collected by somebody outside of a cop. I just didn't really see it happening. And sure enough, it was a cop that helped create the shrine 
through Richie for his son, blah, 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 blah. And they even like pointed that out. Like Gail pointed that out earlier too with like some cops, like money speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't shocking that he was the killer. I guess it was shocking that he was Richie's father. Yes. I think it was yep. the family aspect. But then I was like, okay, so we just did Scream 2. Um, it's the father <laughs> revenging their child's death. Got it. Noted. Um, I, I do love, I think, I mean, I, I loved when when they were, I loved them as Ghostface. I didn't love them without the mask on because I think when they were killing and the way they killed Chad and the double knife swipe and just all that beautiful. When it was the three of as a family together, I feel like there were so many missed opportunities right there, which didn't bother me because Dermot Mulroney at the end was talking about his like pride and there's a such a special connection between um father and his firstborn son and blah 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 i wanted fucking ethan to snap yeah i mean like fuck you dad or something because like what is this stupid guy doing his father's bidding when basically your father doesn't give a crap about you and is using you in a pawn for his murder spree to avenge his actual loving son's death. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just to me was such a missed opportunity where I would have had much more respect for Ethan to being like, oh, I'm so tired of this. How much do I have to do to impress you, dad, or something? And then he like took out his dad and then he went and like tried to kill everybody. Like, that would have been like ghost faces. I thought that was going to happen when he said that line the first time. I was like, oh, shit. And I just that to me would have made it more interesting where like we see ghost faces turn on each other all the time, like obviously Jill did with Charlie and everything else. Billy and Stu even. Billy and Stu. Um, But like this would have been more fascinating where it's like you're avenging your brother. Like I don't like. Like, this family is weird. Like this or that. (laughs) Well, I mean, look what they're doing. Yeah. Richie was weird too. yeah, like, I believe Quinn is crazy. Like, she pulled off crazy. Ethan, I just didn't believe. Ethan, I feel like he was doing it to impress his father or get closer to his dad because his dad and Richie had such a special bond. And it went nowhere. It just was like, no, Rich, or like, no, Ethan, you're just, you just have no backbone and are kind of pathetic. Like, he just was always pathetic to me, like, even up until he died. And then he made that stupid joke Ethan did about, like, wanting to, like, poke terror or whatever and i was like ew this is just no die ethan just die he got it like, in the I mouth wanted... he got it right yeah, in the, yeah she stabbed great him. which was great and then he got the tv on the head but it just i wanted him to go after daddy and that to me would have redeemed his character and made dermot maroney's character more interesting as well if dermot then had to fend off his son by trying to avenge one son's death he alienated his other son to the point where his then son who was helping him turned against him yeah that little element would have elevated it with that being said visually i think the ending was dope and i loved it yeah yeah, yeah i didn't think about that every really other movie the movies. they've turned on each other so if you're expecting them to turn on each other maybe beforehand yeah. he's like i'm gonna say some stuff that about him that I don't want you to get pissed off but I'm going to say you know, father and his first son's relationship is special just to show I, them how deep and they like, just don't go off yeah it's monologue is very important to me yes um, so which was seen it in the shower which is crazy when he shows up and he runs up and the, the ghost face come and they just stop and you're like uh well three of them okay you're like one two and then he's apparently part of this um but yeah you mentioned so Greg 
Scream 2, which the surprise of this movie is that it's a legacy Scream 2 sequel because I was like, holy crap, and my mind just exploded with all this, which they point out, college, okay, Yep. There's and then there's the obviously park tracing operation, yep. which actually surprises and an OG gets attacked. Gale, which similar to Randy, which was off the yep. path of the course. The movie ends in a theater, just like Scream Two ended in a it, this it is a movie stage. theater, but it was yep. a stage yep. theater. Um, yep. The ultimate killer was the parent or relation to the killer in the first a killer in the first movie. Um, the opening killers were Mickey. Um, film students obsessed to finish Richie's film. Like I'm going to make mine and blame the movies. Um, it's a bullshit motive that was being used for, by the other one to get what they wanted. But, um, Mulroney is Debbie Salt to Kirby's Gale. Um, they're rivals in the same profession. Uh, you get a reprise of Dewey being carted out after he's dead. Chab gets stabbed. We thought he was dead only for Tara to be like, Oh, it's Tara watches him get stabbed. After yep. they have their romantic moment, uh, Richie's fan films could be akin to the films of Mickey shooting his killings or shooting his stuff from the second scream. And yeah, that's I, I saw a lot of that. Also, when Sam takes the call from Detective Bailey to say that Kirby has been expelled from the FBI for two months and da 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 da, behind her shoulder is Debbie Salt's outfit. From Scream 2. Oh, geez. It's three shots. There's one where she oh, goes yeah. to take the call. It's there. And then she turns. It's kind of blurry. And then she's talking to him and hearing the rest of it. And Debbie Salt's outfit is right behind her. That's fucking intentional. That's a oh, nice yeah. telegraph. But that was, I was like, and a second time, I'm like, I think it was. And so the second time I saw it, I was like, there it is. There, Yep. They, she stops right in her tracks with Debbie Salt's outfit in the background i do love when mindy and kirby they're in the van and they're talking about how like this is literally how our uncle got killed was in a van while doing like in daylight and they're like oh Mm -hmm. yeah and they actually trace the call the weird thing was yeah the whole movie like richie the creepy thing when she gets the phone calls from ghostface is coming from richie and that's like that spooked me the first time i'm like oh i I felt like sam would have when you saw you're like whoa wait what like because you think we're moving on Oh, there's Richie. Like, what's what's gonna happen? They're gonna call from like Roman Bridger's phone? No, because he can't, <laughs> he had his son's phone because it was his fucking son. He could he's a police officer. Yep. He could have probably cloned it too. Um, yeah, which is the first time a person of the law has ever been involved with. And that is different. There is no ghost face that has ever been a person of the law. We've so. had suspects. We've had suspect. We've had Dewey yep. in the first one. We've had. Um, Detective Kincaid in Scream 3. Um, we've had um, Deputy Judy in Scream 4. Um, definitely so have been law enforcement, but they've never actually been that person. And that person can skew things to make even the yep. most ridiculous shrine. Because they signed, the shrine was used from the guys from Atlanta to put their merchandise, to complete it, to have a place for it put in under their name. And it was interesting that the guys that um, were the fake ghost face or whatever at the beginning, mm-hmm. Jason and Greg, were from when they said um, they're from Atlanta. Yeah. And I was like, and that's where Kirby is based, his FBI. Interesting. Which um, she was following their stuff already. So she's yeah, like, yeah. So 
It was, I mean, like, it was well, I mean, I appreciate the level of detail that they put into connecting all those dots. Um, and and I do think it is scarier to have a ghost face that is a police officer right. for that exact reason. You can manipulate evidence, you can manipulate a lot of different things, and you are not safe. Because if, like, if as, as the girls are, they're like, okay, we're with the cop. Well, yeah, but if a cop is bad, then you are not safe and no one's going to come rescue you because they think you already have. But also it's like, how do you get all this evidence? Like, well, (laughs) he's a cop. I'm sure. I absolutely loved the shrine, though. I loved taking the tour and seeing every little thing and all. And Richie's drawings. Those were Richie's drawings. That's the crazy thing just shows how it makes it. It makes the previous film even better because you can see what an obsessed person he truly was rather than him just telling you you kind of get to see a little more so i think it, it improves his, him even more uh Those in the two previous guys ones. from the beginning were they followers they were followers of richie in his path right they were, they were tra- trying I, to complete his movie essentially yes. or yes. yeah the, i think that i think that detective dad, bailey convinced them to do what they were doing i don't oh, think they like knew online, he was i don't promote, tell them to do i don't it, think then, they knew he was rich's father but they were he was somebody who probably he probably posed as one of them to get them to and say they had this collection of Richie stuff to give to them and then got convinced them to sign into that building to I wonder why at what point did he have to take him out because if he was out killing the teacher mm-hmm. and then uh Dermot had to be there killing Greg mm-hmm. yeah Dermot's a killer like, how in did the they opening know, for sure unless but... they were all in in on it I guess as far as like hey you're gonna go out tonight and do your kill but he wasn't supposed to kill he wasn't and that's probably what happened um but they were also it officially happened but no one knew it was a ghost face that did the killing yeah well they did i mean they probably were putting two and two together and those are probably things that were throwing off the police too with those killings because there's samara weaving's killing was it like the same killer as the guy upstairs who had the stuff or he killed her or like it's i don't it's yeah. probably and it was also there to plant the ID card of Sam, who might have been going after these guys looking to avenge Richie was part of... Oh, yeah, and all the masks, which you worked so hard to get everything together. Why are you just dropping off masks? But then again, you're at the police department. Never mind. You're going to get them back. Never mind. They're going to go to evidence. Yeah, right. Exactly. Masks that they were... Yeah, they were leaving, which is kind of a a nod to Roman Bridger, who left clues behind when he was killing, because he left the pictures of Sydney's mom, and he left masks counting down the killer's... um, which also they have that neat little uh, yarn board scene where they confirm that Jill is dead and that Roman was alone in his killings. Yeah. But it's I a like dead question mark by Stu. No, it said dead underneath. It was a, who's the mask. It was a question mark yeah. regarding uh, like every, who's yeah. Yeah. because yeah, the masks they had question marks. Yeah, because uh, was it um, Jill had a question mark right because it was Charlie's yep, mask that was too. fine. Oh, yeah. I thought that yeah. had Stu because yep. at the end when she's talking about no, the is he really dead though? Or I go, ooh, is he? No, officially I looked, I paid extra attention to that scene and it really did say um, dead 1996. So it was, it was under its photo. He was dead. The question mark was just referring to mask evidence, um, which is misleading. But, and then like the final, so yeah, Stu's mask was um, worn by Quinn and Billy's was obviously Dermot Moroni and Ethan got um, Debbie Solid and Nancy's. Yep. And then he even put it on her suit 
um, at the end when he took it off and he like put it on the actual suit. Which have we ever had Debbie Salt's actual name before? We just had Mrs. Loomis and they named her Nancy Loomis. I thought it was Nancy in the second one. I don't I don't remember. I remember they only called her Debbie she Salt. She introduced herself as Debbie Salt, I think. Debbie Salt, but they, they said the interviewer. They, and then she and then when she's revealed, it's like Mrs. Loomis. That's all they say. And they called her Nancy Loomis, who's the name of the actor who actress who plays Annie in the original Halloween. So I have to wonder if that's another nod over there to Halloween because Billy Loomis was a nod to Sam Loomis, which was a nod to yeah. Psycho. Um, so I have to wonder if they named her Nancy Loomis to nod back to Halloween. It's just my wonder. Yeah, maybe. I feel like she did have a name, Nancy, in the second one, but maybe not. But it didn't seem weird when they said Nancy Loomis. It was like, yeah, that's her name. The ho- <laughs> Halloween freak I am, I was like, what? <laughs> For I was like, Nancy Loomis? I don't remember her being Nancy. I would have remembered her being Nancy Loomis because that's uh, she married Tommy Lee Wallace. She was also in Halloween 3, The Fog, and uh, I saw them pre-seek 13. She was one of the original John Carpenter players. Uh, her name is now Nancy Keys, um, but she's um, Nancy Loomis back. Did now. you see the the most the like the most random kind of Easter egg in the movie? At least was um, the voice Roger L. Jackson, who does screen voice. He also does the voice of um, the monkey guy from a, what animated show? Oh my god, I'm forgetting it. Um, either way, they had um, they had that character on the subway, like the voice. Oh, of really? Roger. The animated character's voice, they had somebody dressed up as that character. Oh, that's and now cool. I have to look that, that up. That now. subway. So, so this one has a, a load of like banger sequences. Like this has the opening we liked, uh, with the alleyway and stuff. And then we there's the 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 bodega scene that was in the trailers, did not disappoint. It's awesome. Nope. Um, there's the ladder between the uh, the apartments with uh, the, you know what's crazy though? He is like the beating on the door to get through and holding the dresser there is so well done. It's frightening. Um, there's, uh, of course, there's Gail in her apartment's awesome. There's the you know, finale's big, grand, lots of cool stuff going on there. Um, I'm forgetting one in there. Um, uh, the subway. Subway pays off really good too. It's slow. Oh. It's creepy. It's got a lot of masks of other horror things. Like they've got, you know, Michael Myers from OG Halloween. They've got Rob Zombie, Michael Myers. They got Pinhead, Freddy. They've got Sam. There's a lot of fun masks to be had in there, and that sequence really works well. There was a like, Wednesday yeah. at the college party. There was a, oh yeah, there was a Wednesday at the college party. Yeah, there and was I the thought, Shining Twins. I yeah. thought there were uh, at the therapist office. I thought there was an Adam's Family like Funko. There party. was okay. There was. Yeah. I was like, um, okay, we got some little Adam's Family nods in there for. For um, it was Mojo Mojo Jojo was the what Roger L Jackson voices on the Power Puff, and they had Mojo Jojo dressed up on the subway. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they uh, yeah, the Wednesday stuff's interesting because when they were shooting this Wednesday, probably hadn't blown up yet. She'd have been known to have been in it, but it hadn't blown up yet. So that's. I wonder if anything that they could just throw in for all the actors they. Probably did, which I gosh, I wish I could have just you know paused it. Yeah, um, but maybe I can go back and just watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I've got time. The theater's probably still there's no one working. I can just go in. There you go. Yep, wander in. right in actually. This yeah. way, okay, thanks. Oh, I did love. So I, I always love it. The, the roll call for the film. 
um, uh. is on the sheet that was playing Ricky, Richie's fan film. Like when they were showing the actors and the names, it yeah. was the sh- it's the sheet from the the theater that they're projected on to show that was just cool. Did anyone stay to the end of the credits? There was a post credit. Mindy, yeah, just not Mindy. every movie Mindy. needs a yeah, like yeah, that. not every yeah, not everyone needs a post credit scene or something. <laughs> um, what uh, I'm trying to remember what else was something that was interesting, and it'll come to me in a second, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, we I- can go. I was I was really high on this movie leaving on Thursday Thursday night and I was like okay now I'm going to see it a second time we'll see and there are some cracks in this like in making this all work for things like for instance if this was this high a profile case of uh, the previous movie um, where people recognize Sam on the street and their big deal about the internet calling Richie innocent like. Nobody knows who Richie's father is. Like he wouldn't have been on news. Yes, or, like like Gail wrote a book. Gail lives in New. Well, he transferred to New York. They make sure to say that. So it could have been after the killings and stuff. But like, I'm I'm just I feel like he's a person. Like in the fact that his father was a police officer, too, would have brought some more attention to that case. That I'm wondering, like, no. Like I get, I feel like Sam's like fuck. The, I don't want to watch. I, I feel like Sam doesn't even watch much TV, so I could see like her not and wanting to distance herself from that whole thing and never. And Richie being a loner, moving out to California, never talk about much about family, never seen her family. I get that. I can buy that. But like Gail not going, that's Richie's dad, yeah. guys, or like G- Kirby who's really into Ghostface stuff. <laughs> Maybe she knows, and she's like slowly waiting to pin like this is real he's really doing this and she doesn't have enough but she's like catch him in the act but like he's a person of stature so that's the crack for me that I was like how they how did nobody go like well these ghost face kid things are happening detective bailey again with your son like you're off this fucking case or like you know no like joke. they would have yeah. known right unless they all lied about who his son died, and he didn't go to the funeral, and he acted like, I don't know who that guy it's is. It's confirmed. He really is a police officer. He's not posing. He didn't kill somebody and take their place. He's yeah. a police officer. But maybe Gail didn't yeah. do investigative work because she didn't write the book right away. Mm-hmm. But she did because it's only been like a year. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is Richie's last name Bailey, too? Like I didn't know. Richie's last name was not Bailey, actually. Mm. What is Richie's last name? No, I need to know. But yeah, I did. I did struggle with that. Going, I did. After seeing it the second time, I went. I left theater. Going, how did no one know who Richie's father was this whole time? It was a very bizarre I thing for me. Get the siblings, and he's like, "My name's not even Ethan." <laughs> Richie Kirsch. Yeah. Richie Kirsch. Kirsch. Yep. Kirsch. So, ah. So different mama, maybe. Maybe, 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 yeah, yeah. What's the mom? I don't want to kill everyone for my half brother. Gosh, (laughs) yeah, and that's the other thing. If it is a half brother, (laughs) then why are these kids so obsessed with Richie, like in doing their father's bidding? Like, I wish the kids turned on their father, and like, like I don't know. It's just something. It is weird that nobody knew who the father was, like because they explained that really well in Scream Two, at least, where like. Nancy Loomis lost a lot of weight and like changed her had whole some, look up. Had some work done. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I, I can get 
like Quinn, I get like she seems like to enjoy the internet portion of destroying somebody. Okay. I'll buy that. I get that. Ethan, I and he just seemed like a fucking lunatic, I guess. That's how we're supposed to go. So uh, um, but um, that's where the cracks show for me on this thing. Like, yeah. Cause so what? No, you talk. Okay, so I'm like killings, like I said. So Samara Weaving, obviously Flash Thompson from Spider Man. Um then he's killed by him and Greg, Detective Bailey, obviously kill them. Uh the the apartment attack, uh the bodega incident and the apartment attacker, Ethan, obviously. Uh then Wait, he, you think the bodega is Ethan? He's not there. And Detective Bailey calls her from Flash Thompson's house at the uh, that's why she leaves the bodega to come down to the police station. And Quinn is up in the is in the is is up there with them in the apartment. So the only person left is Ethan, who the next scene you see him says he was an econ. But as we said, how are they gonna how are they gonna go figure? I thought it was that econ during. Oh well, no, the bodega though was before. Wait, so it goes bodega and then the apartment scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, but he was in the apartment. Oh, wasn't he? Because yeah, he, he was in the apartment because the, the apartment. phone rings. Yeah, the phone rings and he's like, "What? What's the big deal?" And then like, okay. the, yeah, yeah. So I thought it was the, the Detective yeah. Bailey, especially because of the shotgun thing. That makes sense for a cop to be able to do that. But well, I, the thing is, like, so she calls. She may during that scene, she makes Quinn call her dad. Yeah, and he, they talk, and he's at Flash Thompson's apartment. So, unless that place is just a block or two away, he says, I'm going to need to have you come down. Or she took two hours to wait to, like, come down. Oh, that's what bothered me about this movie. Thank you for saying that about time. What was up with the Gale kill? They're in the daylight, and then they steal the cop car, and now it's pitch black, and Gale's getting, like, attacked by, like, dusk or whatever, and getting attacked. They were on, like, 72nd. No way. It takes like 10 minutes, not even, to drive from 72nd to 96, or you could have walked it in that period of time. There is no way it would have been dark so by like, the time it happened. So it was like 7.45 when the thing started, and then when they got there, it was like 8 and got dark? I don't I was wondering I that, too. Well, no, because I was wondering that, too, when I saw it the second time, because I was like, it's the part, I'm like, wait, it's still bright. Like, Gail gets killed. Gail gets, like, attacked at night. Like what? Yes. So, well, when the call happens, it's still like it's like still sunnyish. Like I know the transition happens relatively quickly, but the fact is, it was daylight, daylight yeah. when they stole his cop car, and by the time she is killed and all that, like there that minimum, minimum mm-hmm. of an hour went by between yeah. them stealing the cop car and Gail's dark death. So. Well, almost death because this yeah. movie is all about the makeup. That time jump bothered me so much more this time watching it. It just didn't make any sense um, on how Ugh. get there sooner because they show up and then they like shoot. Um, they shoot at Ghostface like just in the nick of time before he like pushes down with that knife for the final right. blow on it. And it's like, why didn't you get there sooner? Because that Gale scene is at least like ten minutes. It was like literally you could have yeah. gotten from. 72nd to her house in the time of this call, it's that easy right. to do. I know the time distance. So gotcha. that that yeah. was that is a major crack that just kind of annoyed me. Uh, what were they, they, they doing? They yeah. got held up by the doorman and they had to negotiate. 
Mm-hmm. Pull themselves For, but, up on the internet and say, look, this and is And then me. how did Quinn get it. into the building? How did Quinn get into her apartment? Her dad's a cop. Yeah. Well, uh, that, yeah. But honestly, that is kind of how I justified a lot of things. I was like, the dad figured it out as a cop. Well, he so. killed, I think he killed the psychiatrist. She oh, tells, 100%. She tells him about it and he's killed like two scenes later. Um, yep. So then after, so Ethan is the latter kill. Um, Quinn is, you know, Gail Weathers. Um, and Mindy. And Mindy. And then it's Ethan and Quinn in the finale. So it's pretty easy to tag who's where um, with it, except that bodega scene's kind of hard. I, I I thought it was I thought it was the detective because he probably could have said, um, yeah, he probably could have left the crime scene. Hey, oh, and- probably. You know what he could have been like? He said, "I'm going to need you to come down to the office," but then he could have said, "Like in about an hour, hour and a half." Yeah. So in that hour and a half. He could have made it down there. Ethan could have left their house. Quinn's probably not the person in that one. So it's because, yeah, because he wouldn't have been like, you need, yeah, I'm going to need you to come down to the station while I'm still at this crime scene. That, yeah. So, yeah, I'll give, okay, so we'll, we'll put and, some time there. And, um, and, uh, Ethan and Quinn, since they're both so attached to all of them, they're texting the whole time, being like they're on the move or they're doing this. Yeah. So, like, everybody knows. That's why I guarantee you. See, I kind of wish now there was more. I mean, now I need to watch it a third time just to see if you so ever it, see them. It's like, a good movie to watch them. again because it moved pretty good for me the second time. I was like, this is a two hour slot. I'm like, and it, it moves pretty good. It's fun. Yeah. For me. Because like Ethan on the subway, like I'm sure he's probably, well, see, like I want to see if like Ethan's ever just like on his phone texting because then saying, it would be like. They're not looking for Quinn. She can be following them with sunglasses on or something like that, that she can be right behind them at all times looming around the true and then but but yeah but ethan is the one giving like but i'm sure like but between ethan and quinn and the detective they're all able to text each other on where everybody's whereabouts are so like ethan kind of by default ethan kind of set every like by them having ethan around at all times they kind of screwed themselves over because they're keeping an eye on him but then he was literally telling the other ghost bases like we're right here right now i'll come on by so he was able to do all of that, which is why Quinn was able to get into Gales and like, mm-hmm. yeah. So Wait, did every then, death happen with the ghost face? Was it the same mask that committed every no. murder? I thought it was for no. a second, but oh, it was mask. Bailey at the bodega because it was. Oh, it was, he had the yeah, he, yeah, he had the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. Bailey, Bailey starts it off. He's every like almost yeah. every kill here. Yeah, um, that's true. And the one in and the one in. The apartment and the ladder was not the the Billy mask. So yeah, you can determine yeah. who the killer is based on the mask. Yeah. This is the first time you've been able to do that. So yeah. And but I Sa- thought I yeah. And then Sam gets to wear that mask and kills Detective Bailey awesomely. Like, oh, I loved it. Love it's like, oh, step, step, yeah. step, step, step. And, and then, then right in the fucking eye. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I cheered. I cheered during that whole moment. It's good. It was great. It's so good. And then yeah, Jenna Ortega being like, Come on now. Do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, and then they they hamstring Mindy into the final scene where it's like, oh, we couldn't keep her there. I'm like, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. And then I noticed the second time, the second time you can hear she goes, I can't feel anything below my shoulders. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> uh, I heard that. Fine, you earned it. Fine, fine. I was she so was happy. She's like, did I miss the monologue? Or... 
Yeah. So you know the next one, she's going to be there for the monologue. Oh, she's going to be the yeah. Oh my gosh. What are they going to do next time? If this okay, is a franchise... so let's let's move on. Yeah. Um, Scream no Seven. Clue, no. Where where do we go? So will Tara be in another opening scene and survive it? Because she's been in two opening scenes with a killer and survived it. Oh, that's true. She was in this opening. Very Just, subtle, but she was. Cre- it's so creepy. You're watching that creep, and then he talks to Tara Friendly, and you're like, oh, Lord. You're like, oh, yeah, my gosh. Me yeah. Um, what's with Tara and Sam's mom, who is now an awful person, because they talk about... So she's just gone in the last one. And this one's like, what's up with your mom? Like, well, um, she wrote me off because I told Tara and then Tara wrote her off because she wrote me off. Yeah. So mom is just like the third one. You're going to find out she changed her name and she's actually a Hollywood star. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Do they model everywhere? And I don't think they can get away with modeling off another scream again because we'd be expected. So you weren't expecting them. Even in this movie, they're like, they won't do stab two again while they're doing stab two. You can't do okay. that. Billy that, got someone else pregnant. Yeah. And there's a half sister out that's, there or half brother. That's out the window. Um, there's yeah. core four. I'm sorry. One of them's got to go. One's got to go. They now, can't keep four through the they, whole thing. They, they pulled it off with this one. Make it like there's Mindy like, oh, no, oh I think she's got she could pull through this. And then Chad like, oh, shit, that's the one they opt. And then they're all alive again. Someone's gone. And it can't be cute, boy. That's cheap. But he would be the cotton weary of Scream, <laughs> or oh, Scream no. 7 if they do that. That's but, true. Um, but one of them's got to go. Uh, they got to. Uh, but I don't know what. I trust Radio Silence. I like what they're doing so much right now. I'm like, I, and people, so Paramount wants, from what I read this weekend, they want Scream 7 shooting no later than October. And people are like, why rush to rush? I'm like, you realize some of the most mediocre shit we get is overthought right now. I'll take something looser that's going, like Scream, Scream, could Scream have had less cracks here had they not shot it so fast? And I don't think they shot it so fast because they've been sitting on, they were sitting on a movie that got delayed and delayed because of COVID and stuff. So people were doing other things. It wasn't like you're right back in the saddle, but also like slashers were never meant to be this overly thought thing. They were like, "Ah, how do we do this weekend? Go get another one of those Friday the 13th in production. Go, go do another one. So speed is part of the essence of what makes slashers so fun and great. Scream two was rushed. I, that's my favorite um, and stuff. This one was rushed, I guess. It's fine. Like, don't take slashers so damn seriously. Have fun with them. Um, give them some of the things. We, we've criticized some of the faults in this movie, but we still enjoy it. We understand what it is. But when you're, like, sitting there breaking down, the only Scream movie that has credibility of, like, they could have actually pulled this off is the first one. Okay? That's the only one that really has the least amount of cracks in it um but like i'm all for is everybody if everyone's game go hurry up and make another one that's fine because yeah. you, won't, you won't overthink something you won't have some ridiculous plot of like well like the overthought i still know what you did last summer scream threes like chance things that happen just go with what you got if some things are messy, that's fine. As long as I have fun, you keep this cast working like this. 
I, I trust it. Like, I so, they know what they're doing. Even if you bring back, like, uh, let's see, Sam goes to a therapy group and she sees Mr. Loomis there because it's like a therapy group for oh. family members of serial killers. Grandpa! Uh, and then also oh. her mom's there, too. And it's like this whole big family reunion. And Scream. That's sc- I can think of. Scream 3. She goes back to Woodsboro to reconnect with her grandfather, Billy's dad. Yeah. And killings happen again in Woodsboro. I don't think they're going. Yeah, they're not going to go back to Woodsboro. I would I stay know. away from Woodsboro. No. I, would, I would keep Sydney gone. I don't think Gail needs to come back. If you can find a way that doesn't feel like forced, Kirby could come back. Fine. I think Kirby's coming back no matter what. I think Kirby's okay. coming back. But like, um, Gail, I, I, this, if they offed her here, I'd have been like okay with it because it was so, it's a good scene. Like, a good fight, a good like Gail Weathers thing to go out on, but she's alive, so maybe a, a phone call or so is, is Gail the opening you. kill? Is Gail? Will Gail be the opening Christ, kill? That poor woman. Uh, <laughs> I hope she's like, a true crime podcast, and then they're just listening to it or something or somebody. Yeah, is. like or well, if, if killer. Oh. I mean, her her, her um, scene in this would have been one of the best opening kills. Like it, like. If the oh like, yeah you know but like they've already like they gave her the best kill sequence and didn't kill her like that unless unless they're like oh remember when Gail we thought she was gonna pull through and she died yeah we were sad like or that's the, true Scream Seven opens at Gail Weathers' funeral because she lasted a few months and then died and Ghostface haunts the cemetery or something and like he starts killing people at the cemetery yeah at the cemetery I don't know. Um, I don't know what a motive could be. Um, we've had, we now have revenge on Sam for what she did. So I don't know who comes after who, what, like, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I really don't know it's what not stuff for I, us I, to figure out, but geez, it's, it's, uh, you, you ponder, like if I were tasked with writing scream seven and I had to bring back these four, do it like, yeah. Well, then, like, where they would have to, well, yeah. they're cranking it out so quickly, they're going to still be in New York. There's no yeah. reason for them to be in New York. Why would they, why would they quit school? Which that was the whole point. I did see people so. criticizing that they didn't, like, New York, New York it up, but I like that it felt nice. like a, a lived in New York. Like, I felt like it wasn't like, oh, well, we're in Manhattan getting chased by Ghostface. Cause that, that's the thing I think people mostly, like, they didn't see Manhattan. Like, there's more to New York. Than Manhattan Times or Times Square or whatever. I think that's what people got Central Park. They got yeah, Central Park was in there. That you had got the the Upper West. Like that's all my neighborhood. I felt very connected to New York. There you go. There you go, folks. There, because I I felt like it felt like the lived in New York. Like you had the subway, like a realistic subway scenes. You had the bodega sequence that felt like you know an alley, like a restaurant. Like felt like what people who live in New York do, not like tourist New York. Agreed. Uh, like that's the thing is like that campus would have been. Well, I was confused where where they wanted the campus to be. With like if it was that like it had Washington its own subway Park. stop. It had its own well, subway stop. I noticed well, in the, the second thing. one. Um. Like, so I, I think they're already trying to make that seem like it was Washington Square Park area. Okay. Which was West Fourth, and then Gail lived Upper West, which makes sense where they were in Central Park on like Seventy Second when they stole the cop car mm-hmm. because they knew that area. 
Um, so they covered most of Manhattan that honestly, most of where I spent my time, I spent most of my time in Greenwich Village and West Village, and I spent most of my time on the Upper West. I rarely ever spent any time in Times Square unless I was going to a Broadway show that maybe they could do differently in the next one where they have like ghost face, like inner, like, uh, like, well, that's true. Maybe if they're trying to do something weird with um, seven and following the path of three, instead of going Hollywood, they go New York would and like do like theater based instead of like a movie production, but a theater production that's happening in ghost face terrorizes all of that. Who knows? Maybe like stab the musical. (laughs) I mean, I hope not that it doesn't go that way. But um, I just, I mean, there's stuff they can do. But I, it felt very New Yorky to me. I just, I don't know what they would have wanted except for a Times Square thing that would have been tacky. I think the subway is a perfect example because that actually happens. People get stabbed on the subway, like in a group of people, and you don't realize. And I think it was perfect when Minnie got stabbed and there was that girl sleeping, not even like noticing what was happening. I'm like that track, like on the subway. I probably like, I mean, I don't think I've ever witnessed anybody get stabbed or, well, I mean, I would have been aware of it, but I mean, there are many times where I'm not aware of my surroundings on the subway. I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't been in New York riding subways up for a long time, but like I, for my first couple of years when I lived in Los Angeles, I did public transportation on those subways and the buses and that could have happened. Nobody would give a shit. The bus driver wouldn't have known until they called it a night and parked at the station that you were stabbed dead in a bus or yep. in the subway. I don't even know if they know people are on it half the time, like yep. in LA. Like, so it's not as you can find times on a subway in New York or in LA where it's not crowded at all. Um, but even then's even spooky because <laughs> you could get stabbed on a three person ride and one's going to just be like, Oh, I hope they get me for that guy first. And it stops and I'm out. Ugh. And then nobody would check till the end of the night. Like, but yeah, that's, uh, public transportation yeah. system. So, oh, so, so I, we do think it'll be in New York in number seven. will be in New York then I, probably. I would think they keep it going. They got, you know, it worked for a freshness here. There's still a lot of ground to cover with creating sequences that they haven't touched yet there. So, Spring break. They're going to go to the Hamptons or Jersey Shore or... Oh my God, Jersey City. Street. Yeah, they could do yeah. a, a pier or something. That would be... And for an interesting sequence. Atlantic they City. Go. We're going to Atlantic City, folks. Ooh, and Ghost they can go. The hook. Girl, Sam, we need to take you out gambling <laughs> in Atlantic City and see all the lights. Oh, my God. Ghostface in Vegas, actually. Let's do that. All right. All right. Vegas. Now, um, or they could go to the island that they went to in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer and yeah. really bring it home where they're just like, you know what? We need to get out of the city and go on vacation. And look, we won this contest. <laughs> oh, that would be wild. Oh. <laughs> Court four got a contest with to take island. Oh. Where they encounter Ghostface. But I this is the first time I really don't know. And it's beautiful. This is like this is like that feeling after you know a good sequels do and they self-contain themselves and like um like after like star wars the last jedi we we're like i don't know where they go after this it's unfortunate where they do go but like it left so much like endless possibility of like oh i i've not seen this before i don't know what we do now 
Um, and it's an exciting place to be. Like after, even like after the first Star Wars, it was just like this endless world of possibilities of of things to do. Um, I don't know why I'm going Star Wars or Scream, but well, because they even re- they reference it. You know, like, oh, they, yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 You got to kill off Luke Skywalker for everything to keep going. Mm-hmm. So if Mindy does her speech and she's talking about the franchise. What's the speech in the next movie? Is it become a saga? Like what's... Yeah, uh, though, yeah, because well, yeah, it's a franchise. Because I didn't know what they were, you know, the hook of this one would be, but they said franchise. Because I was thinking, you know, Greg, you and I talked true crime, true crime. Yeah, but they'd mentioned true crime because they're like, you couldn't even sell movie rights to that. Like, wow, well, all they want's a documentary, crime, or yeah. whatever. Which a documentary that would have interviewed Richie's father <laughs> for it. Um, if yeah, they did one. if they, maybe it was still in production. Um, but yeah, so a franchise, so we've had scary movie slashers. We've had the sequels. We've had the trilogy, the concluding chapter in a trilogy. Uh, you've had the remake and you've had the legacy sequel. And now you've had a franchise, maybe the spinoff or something like the that. Crossover. Crossover. Yeah. With, yeah, I, I still know what you did last summer. summer. They're going they're, to an island. Yep, they're, they're, well, I know what you did We're last Urban summer. Legends. It's coming back. Why would it come back? Why would I know what you did last summer? Come back. Oh. They, they, they side over. They that cross them over. That would be amazing. Well, My Freddy name's Julie. Freddie right? and Jason, yeah. Freddie and Jason crossed over. I really um, do it now. Well, the fisherman is like a real human. Well, yeah. at least the first two. So like a ghost face type of situation. It isn't That's just funny some like... Well, thing. So Scream is currently at Paramount. Urban Legend and I Know What You Did Last Summer are over at Sony under Columbia Pictures. So, it's Sony mm-hmm. has lent out Spider-Man. So, there's that. Um, Do you think they'd even consider it? Or is it just too, like, jumping the shark? I think like, they I, kept four legacies a lot. They literally, for the most brutal Scream movie, it had, the, like, fewest deaths. <laughs> like, it's This ridiculous. one had one more than the last one. It had seven. So the most kills, I believe, is... Which one had the most? I was counting them the other day. So Scream had like five or six kills. Scream 2 had one more, I think. One or two more. Scream 3 had a light amount of kills. Scream 4, I think, is the has the most kills. Yeah, I think maybe. And then uh, five. Well, this one had the body count because they got the added people from the bodega, like the, the strays. Yeah, well, guess- it's all strays. All the, like, Gail's yeah. boyfriend, the bodega people, Greg. Um, like, it's all, like, it's yeah. mostly randos. You get uh, Mindy's girlfriend is is one of the deaths. And um, it's like yeah. it. Yeah. The three killers. It of all the. I mean, I'm because they're focused. These killers don't want that. They want these people. That's who they want to pin it on. They want, they want the the two film nerd deaths to be Sam doing it, Tara confronting Sam about it, and getting killed in the middle of it, and him finding it all. So and spinning it as, look, it wasn't Richie. It was her. Yeah, which again doesn't really work, but when you're neurotic like that, or not neurotic, psychotic, um, you'll make anything. Yeah, you'll believe it. I don't know. But they want to. They want to have the court of public opinion from social media, which can influence an outcome on a trial or something, because people are like, oh, you know. True, but like, yeah. Well, that's the other thing that was kind of funny about this movie, and it's not funny. It's just 
like everybody was kind of superhuman. Chad surviving still boggled my mind because I paid close attention mm-hmm. to his attack. And it's so brutal. And it was like I could barely watch. But I don't know how he would have survived that. I just don't Because it's understand. a movie. It's a movie. But then here's the other thing is Tara got stabbed in the back and in the front. And she's just strolling along without any bandages other than her arm that yeah. got like the stabbed of all of her. Because when when she's with Chad, Ghostface stabs her from the behind in the back and she's like, ah, oh! and then that seems to miraculously like not be a problem. Well, she's immune to the on. stabbings. Remember the last movie? She got the shit stabbed yeah. out of her, went in the hospital, and then now she's immune to them. Now she's, it's just oh, you know what? That was her vaccine. Her. Yeah, she I had to um, she had one on her hand, a scar. She didn't have the scar on her hand. I was going to yeah, say, I want to know if they had the cotton. They all had scar. They all had scars on them, and random. I noticed a lot. They had scars randomly on them. Uh, like right. M- Mindy had a scar. I saw. I think Chad. I saw at one point had like a. There was like a scar to play. I'm like, okay, they are noting that these kids were attacked. Great. Um, it's like that one season of What Walking Dead where they all decided like, let's add scars to everybody since we've been out for a while. I think they're all like suddenly had like noticeable scars to show age or the toughness of what had happened um but yeah so yeah scream yeah. seven very excited apparently if they're shooting when they say they're gonna shoot we'll see it next year um hopefully they keep these like you know non-summer dates going or whatever keep it in a time where it can pick up some money um if they're confident enough it could be the halloween release next year was it yeah. weird that this movie, like six, took place on Halloween? That's like the first time. It was, yeah, on it was, Halloween. It was in the Halloween season, yeah. So. Yeah, that was fine. I, I mean, that was believable. It, I mean, it's, it added it's, to Ghostface but... being able to walk around New York yeah. is what it did, yeah. and having all the yeah. people in the mask for that reason. Which shows um, how sick our world is that they were all putting it on and right. Which you don't go, eh. You're like, no, like he people murdered would do real that. people. It's not just a movie. Yeah. It's not a movie yeah. in these, but it is a movie in these. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The people who, like, yeah, the fact that this group, the core four, is seeing all these ghost face masks and are like, they're on edge, but they're still a little too comfortable around it. But I guess they've been desensitized for their whole lives because this franchise, the Stab franchise in their universe yeah. has been going on. That I guess they're so like used to the mask, mm-hmm. but then it like actually happened to them. So how, how would they incorporate Stab in the next one? Because Stab has been a, it's the thing that is uh, all the sequels have in common is something to do with Stab. This one has the shrine to the Stab movies and father of a guy with Richie like what if Sam in the next one's trying to going to court to try to stop a stab movie being made off of her life oh that's true there hasn't been a stab about her so she's the new like Sydney in terms of now they're doing but she's like, trying to prevent stab. it from happening yeah. and then that killer is trying to make it look like she's killing people from the production company because she's trying to prevent it from happening oh that's good and that and you can go to whatever of- city you want Yep, where the, the the they're having the hearings and stuff about her preventing it. I don't know. And Gail's there because she wrote the book on it and all that yeah. stuff. And she wants the movie to get made, unlike Sam. So they're at odds again because you always have to put Gail at odds with everybody uh, to start your movie. Um, and yeah, so yeah, maybe. that would follow three as well. That would kind of follow the idea of like a movie thing, only instead of it actually in production, it's trying to stop production of a movie 
Interesting. I, uh, that I like. That would be believable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there would be the lawsuits happening, and then the killer is going after people involved in the film. Because mm-hmm. let's say let's say they've already got people like director cast some cast or something, and she's stopping the production. Maybe, and if you put Gail as the opening kill, it makes sense with this. I don't know, but and Kirby being the FBI, something yeah. character witness or something. Yeah, you could. Maybe that's it. And that fits with the Scream 3 mode of there's a stab movie and Sam's there involved. So And and that would also be make sense because they've been building up to Sam finally snapping and embracing her dark side. If there's a movie being made about her being evil, then maybe she that was the trigger that made her snap, or at least people believe it. So there's more of a target on her back, even though she's not actually the killer. More people believe it now that like she's trying to stop the movie. Uh-huh. about her being a bad person. They're like, well, if she wasn't a bad person, she wouldn't try to stop the movie. And then they think that she snapped and did it. So, And if Tara is in college still, you could bring the mom in that signed stuff over about her being used because she was like a legal minor still or something and said the mom was able to sign off against their wishes. So the mom's at odds with them on it. We can meet the mom. But Tara is in college, so I don't, I think she, I don't think it'll work. Keep, I think she's yeah, at least can't do that because she's yeah she's yeah she's eighteen now. They clearly make that she's a freshman because yeah. she's thinking about rushing somebody. So yeah, he makes Frankie makes a reference like oh freshman here. He does say freshman. Yeah, so she would be eighteen unless she's an old seventeen year old. Not uh, by next year though. Yeah, because like, that would be one thing to bring the mom in that she would have signed Tara. Oh, she Isn't Tara's off dad her. still alive? Yeah, he's gone. From yeah, Tara's dad is still alive. It's their Maybe parents not. killing next time. I think he's just going to try to kill the mom. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's Without true. Without the mask, though. So. Maybe Ghostface. That's true. What if, what if, what if, um, solves the crimes? Yeah. Ghostface solves it. I mean, well, what if the next movie is, well, then it would be like a pseudo revenge, but what if the next movie is like, um, Sam and Tara killing Ghostface in the opening, and then the, like, and then it really is the second killer doing like the other killer doing the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be like the big reveal where instead of Ghostface doing the final into the title sequence, it's her doing like the final like unmasking, yeah. being like what, and then and then it's yeah. her killing. Because these guys, yeah. the Radio Science, they definitely like playing with the the expectations and. And the tropes of the opening scene. So we've seen it twice now. Um, yeah, they but they us. do, keep, huh? But they do keep stressing that no one is safe, including the leads and all that. So they could try to kill off Sam, like in the opening. That would yeah. be the biggest shock of it all. Oh They've gosh, time building up Sam, and then they like wipe her out. Fans would lose their minds because now I think everybody's on board with her. Um, after five, I don't think they were. I think they would have been like, oh, they killed her in the first like scene. Ha ha fun. I think after six, they don't want to see her die. No. They're, yeah. They, I mean, any of them. I like all four. Like, I would say Sam's probably my fave, but like, yeah, all four of them are. I'm like, oh, one of them's got to go, but it's going to suck to watch one of them go. Cause, <laughs> Mindy's yeah. like my favorite. <laughs> Mindy, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. Like, she's like, and everything and you're on my list. Yeah, they're suspects. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, she's she's taken the whole Randy thing to such a great level. Like, it's I mean, not annoying. It's it's fun. Jamie Kennedy time. walked so she could run. Like that's what exactly. that's yeah. what it is. Like, because we don't need to inter- like introduce the stick, and she's not 
manic about it. She's like, it's fun. And like, yep. yeah, she's, she plays with it a lot. And like, yeah, good on, uh, is ja- Jasmine Savoy Brown. Like she has really taken what was one note with Jamie Kennedy and fully fledged it into like a person who's more than the movies knows, knows the room that she's in with people. Right. Like, Randy was always like, every time it's this, every time. And then her, like, she can fit into any scene fine. Like, if you throw Mindy into something, it's going to work. Like, Randy, specific times, we, we'd have him uh, with stuff. But he was, I, li- I liked Randy. He was fun. But Mindy's someone who has miles to go. He, he would have, they, they offed Randy before it became tiresome. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Scream 7. Uh, how's the logo going to look? Where are they going to put the 7? They did awesome with the 6 that I never even thought oh, until I saw it. Like, I was like, oh, that's that's rad. That's sweet. Um, like love the, the 6. The R? Like would they psh, do something and it spins? Or... Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean the A? I can't even... This is hard. S, S7, the Scream Saga. There you go. There you or go. is it like the M again and then an exclamation point? <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, the V I is part of the M and then the other I is the exclamation point. So you got like the two pillars, maybe. I know there was speculation when before Scream Six was called Scream Six, they thought that it was gonna be Scream with two exclamation points as this new movie as like a Scream Two, but not two. Oh, okay. So that went around, and I think that was on one of the um, one of the director's chairs or something like official. You saw like blood splatter, oh. exclamation, like a double thing. But like a seven is like a weird. It could just be a seven from behind. I don't know, just oh, like, like a, a big, slash, like a yeah, like like a zero slash. Well, yeah, because when they had the title card for this, the six was behind it. It wasn't yeah. so, or they could like write scream in the under the the top of the seven have the seven come down and be a knife or something or a blood oh yeah i don't know we'll have to see i trust him i trust him i remember when thinking scream was a dumb title and then i saw the movie and was like that was brilliant so (laughs) then they went right back to six that's great so scream now goes scream scream two scream three scream four scream scream six like yeah it's funny weird it's weird but it makes sense if you see the fifth one um but yeah, so yeah, we've we've rambled all, almost as long as the movie with this, so I like that. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We'll get back when Scream Seven happens for sure. Uh, but other, oh, yeah. we we plan on covering even more of this Scream inspired '90s horror. We're just getting started, or something. Yes. But we'll be back at different times when we have different projects from these uh, that I'm putting together different segments, like you know. I don't know if we should do a Katie Holmes segment because she had a couple of things or other Kevin Williamson, but then Katie Holmes would be in that too. And then there's the other, the franchises that resurrected because of Scream, like Halloween and Chucky, uh, Jason, uh, like they, they, but then it's like, wait, wait, because the end of this is Freddy versus Jason. And do we want to do the end of this right away where the, the, the final movie, because that's where I like to say it ended because Freddy versus Jason came out in August, and then in September, or not September, in, I believe, was it September or was it October? The Platinum Dunes Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake came out and things changed. 
completely. And then Saw came out the next year, and the, and the J horror like the 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 Ring, the Grudge, boom, all that Scream stuff was gone like immediately. Like Frey versus Jason is probably like the last high profile. There's probably some stuff that exists past then, but you never know. And Lovers Lane is coming to Blu-ray finally from uh, Arrow Entertainment next. Um, that's also another Hook guy, but um, it's coming April from Arrow Video. So there's more stuff to go over. But yes, so thank you two for taking on this uh, week by week by week by week task. Uh, appreciate that very much. Um, before we go, um, give your with your with your um, where can I find you at? Give your Scream rankings as of right now after seeing Scream Six. So we'll go with Greg. Okay, you can find me at at the McGoonies, and um, my rankings is going to be so hard to do, but I'm going to go one. Four, yeah, I know. Four is my second choice. Um, one, four, six, two, and three and five are tied, um, for very different reasons. Okay, Jessica. Gosh, this is hard. Uh, Twitter at Jay and Olsman, Instagram at Jessica Olsman. Number one is number one. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, one. Five, four, six, two, three. No, I can't do this. You know what? That's fine. I'll leave it there. <laughs> All right. That's um, hard. Me, Twitter, Instagram, at BritforKHD, written work on com. I got two, one. This is where it's, I don't know six or five yet, but I'll I'll go six, five, and then three, four. Um, uh, you have four your end yeah four is the only one like i'm liking it more as years go by but that's the only one i ever uh, that's the only one i left the theater disappointed of all the screams like that is uh, like three when i saw it opening weekend i was like oh it was okay and that one's like inestimate like it's gone down as years has gone by four has gone up a little um wait did i have four at the end i meant four three sorry four is not the end okay Four three. Okay. Four three. But four is really the only one I've left like, huh, after. Um, still not crazy about it, but I appreciate it more as it goes on. Easily it's watchable. Like all these like can be put on and watched. Even three, like as I said, like, um, because it's got strong factors to it. But that that would be now. But like six and five are in this weird spot of like I don't I think I like them the same, but I don't know which I'd pick over the edge. So right now I'm high on six, so I'll go with six five. Um even though I, I really like what's going on right now. I'm in a very similar spot to after one and two coming out back in the nineties. So I'm like, no, oh, I want, I'm mm. no, redoing this one, two, five. Well, you just bumped Three. two up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I really did Woo. like two. I you had that in fifth place. <laughs> I, I forgot and now about second it. Second place. It still was fun. It had <laughs> only the original See. four and Dewey. Oh. So it's like one and two, I will always stick by one and okay. two. And then, Fight for the finisher, everybody else. How's that? Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, wow. four, four. I'm the only one standing up for four. You added in your second spot, and now I do. Uh, but here's the thing, though. If we're talking quality of movies, it's a very different list for me than okay. watchability of movies. Okay. Because watchability, then it's like one, four, three, then probably two, six, five. 
Like five, I've seen a few times, but like, I don't feel like I'm clamoring to watch it more. And two, I think is actually a pretty strong movie. I just don't really enjoy watching it over and over for some reason. But three is so campy and over the top that it's such an easy watch. And four is such an easy watch. Um, So that's where it gets tricky is like a lot of really good movies. I don't want to watch all the time, but a lot of like ridiculous movies, I do want to watch I get you, I get you, because it'll take your attention away from what you're trying to do with background on. I get exactly. It. Best part now that it's a franchise, you don't have to decide what's your favorite because it's all about your mood at that time. Yep. There's always that is number yep. one for how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But I stand by four being good. So <laughs> there we go. Fair enough. Fair enough. But we have fun. We like these movies. We like this, the franchise. All this stuff. And we've gone through. It's better than Urban Legend. It's better than I know what you did last summer as we went through those. Like it's it's a clear jump. In the Scream movie, even the worst of Screams from those um, other movies, even though the, I think uh, the production value in that first I know what you did last summer is up there with the Screams. I don't think the scri- oh, yeah. script is as good or clever, but that first I know what you did last summer, and I think the two urban legends are pretty fun, though still we're far away from Scream territory with them. There's just a lot of magic that happens in I know what you did last summer, like the vanishing yep. yeah. tricks. Yeah. And I'm but very, I'm very excited to talk about Valentine with the two of you when we get there because I, I'm oh. very, I do like that one quite a bit. So, um, I like Valentine. so when we get to that, we'll get to that. Um, probably, possibly, probably coming this fall. Um, because we'll have the summer of '82 or summer of '93 at 30 coming up. Uh, coming up on this show next week, nothing because this dropped on a Thursday, so you can enjoy this all next week for this. And uh, I don't know what my programming is because I'm very busy with the summer of '93 at 30 right now. Um, knee deep into that, we're actually into July of that. So you know, if some if the world blew up today, um, you still have podcasts of that. Well, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to listen to it. So. <laughs> Anyways, it's recorded. We have banked through that, so it's going pretty good. So uh, we're getting ready to talk. Uh, Recording-wise, we're getting ready to talk about the uh, the wonderful week of uh, Rookie of the Year, Weekend at Bernie's 2, and In the Line of Fire. So that's where Oh, my God. I love that movie so much. In the Line of Fire? It was one of my favorites it's as a child. It's badass. It's awesome. One of my favorite movies as a child. I have learned that Clint Eastwood is one of my favorite swearers on screen of all time. Like, he just... He pulls it off. And it's also our second week in a row where movies had Gary Busey and Tobin Bell. So it's like Boys of Summer right there, right? Tobin Bell, <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> Long-haired, blonde Tobin Bell. So, um, But yeah, so the Brad Peters Show, we'll be back. Uh, check the socials for when I make an announcement as to what it might be. I know Troy Brownfield and I are working on trying to get another Satanic Panic episode up uh soon so it's probably going to be something around that lines and other wacky things as i fill time as we count down to the summer of 93 at 30 coming soon so for now thank you for screaming with us i uh, appreciate it um if you just checked in for this episode go back and listen to our other five tell us how we did uh and share your thoughts on scream six as well so uh until then stay phone positive thank you for listening The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. 
All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.